everybody out there in comic book land. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason. That's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by Comic Book Click. And as you know, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I am your tragic backstory, Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. GT Rebirth is here in studio, and and Rebirth is is the name of the game today because we're going to be talking about the trials and tribulations of a young woman named Carol Danvers and how she becomes the, uh, what do you call it? The, the, I guess you can't, can't call her a box office uh, <laughs> a smash right now. But seemingly, you know, headlines, if you've, if you've lived under a rock, Captain Marvel is the next film to come out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And she has literally been pointed to as what's going to answer our Thanos, Thanos problem. Yes. Going forward. So we thought it would be a good idea to do a deep dive into the character. What makes her who we see her uh, as in those in the uh, upcoming film. And uh, the ride that it took for her to get there. Because this character has been through some stuff. But mm-hmm. before we get into what makes Captain Marvel. Did you have any history with the character uh, in general? Like, do, when you, Where do you remember first seeing Captain or Miss Marvel? Carol I'd say Danvers. I'd say my first experience with Carol Danvers is probably the same as a lot of people my age, which is pretty much her being a victimized character <laughs> by the hands of Rogue in the X Men the animated series. Yeah, X Men the animated series um played into the idea of something that actually happened in the comics where Rogue is able to take a lot of Carol's powers and ultimately send her into a coma. We'll talk a little bit about that. I I think I. I think I've always seen the character in lineups. Right. I've just been like, who is that? <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's Captain Marvel. I mean, it's Miss Marvel. Yeah. And then I'd be like, you mean like Miss, Mar- like the title Marvel, like Marvel Comics, like Miss yeah. Marvel Comics? Is that what? Right. Is that what that is? Like, it's always just like, like, uh, like, oh, yeah, oh, I've got this new game. It's called Ultimate Alliance. Like, who's yeah. this Miss Marvel character? Yeah. Oh, Miss Marvel. Exactly. And Some chicken she, leotard. They constantly <laughs> had her. The, the, the Marvel has been conscious at least from the early 2000s up, to keep her around. Yes. And on teams, and people know her. and um, But there was never really an idea to put her at the forefront. Um, and this comes because she ultimately was just a love interest turned hero, right? Yes. You got um, so. Carol Danvers, the character of Carol Danvers, debuts in Marvel Superheroes number 13 in March 1968. But what little bit uh, nine years later becomes her own superhero in Miss Marvel number one. Um, she was basically a side character in the actual Captain Marvel comic Marvel. Should we mm-hmm. go? Should we probably go into all that Captain Marvel stuff, huh? Uh, if if you've got any of it, uh, my I have nothing. Let's see. On let's Mar-Vell. see. Let's see. Let's see if I can go through a, a quick uh, Marvel synopsis. Uh, one, yeah, one hundred one. Let's go all the way back to the movie that's going to be coming out in April. Let's go. Let's go all the way to Shazam. <laughs> all right. So Fawcett Comics creates a character uh, called Shazam. I mean, sorry, called Captain Marvel. Yeah. That um, it's it's little Billy Batson who's imbued with the the, the Greek gods or some some sort of uh, the power of a few different gods. God, yeah, grab bag powers <laughs> from yes, a few yes. different gods, and he's able to turn into. The, the fantastic Captain Marvel and, uh, you know, his body changes. He gro- grows into a full-grown man um, and has power over uh, lightning and magic and all this kind of cool stuff. And the, the wisdom of Solomon. And these comics take off. Well, it turns out that at that time, DC had a very uh, good legal system, uh, legal team. 
And they would basically just sue anyone who they felt were ripping off Superman. Yep. And at the time, Superman was just a, uh, you know, um, bodybuilder-esque <laughs> white man in a cape. And that's a very simple thing to take on now. Literally, half of the the superheroes that have been created follow that, um, you know, description. But at the time, DC had enough, um, I guess, pull. Fo- yeah, enough pull to be like, nope, y'all gotta get rid of that character. Looks too much like Superman. That's infringement. Yes, yeah, so they sue Fawcett, Fawcett Comics, and um, that Captain Marvel goes into the dark for a while. Marvel Comics in the '60s end up getting the copyright for the name Captain Marvel, and so they create their own. Mm-hmm. And their Captain Marvel is a Kree spy warrior sent to Earth who eventually, um, for, I guess, falls in love with Earthlings and, and Earth and chooses uh, them instead of mm-hmm. his own alien race uh, and ultimately falls in love with Carol Danvers. And during an attack or a battle, um, a machine called the Psych Magnetron, Magnetron. explodes. The and- most ridiculous <laughs> name Oh. So when the psych magic magnetron explodes, Marvel chooses to shield Carol from the explosion, but the explosion causes his Kree DNA to merge with her human yes. DNA, uh, creating the character of Miss Marvel. And so Miss Marvel was just like the love interest, but also had her own superpowers. Um, Who gets imbued with the powers of um, essentially Captain Marvel of of just Marvel, I assume. And that yeah, that happens a, a decade later. What do you think about that initial Miss Marvel design? Like that whole scarf with the underwear and midriff you know, stuff I, going on there. I, you, you, you can argue that it's a product of its time, but like, man, some of those outfits are just awful. Yeah. It does, <laughs> it does harken back to Marvel's, um, eventual costume, the colors, the color yes. scheme and stuff like that. Marvel originally wearing his, um, white and green. For his Cree, uh, mm-hmm. you know, lineage, something that we see Brie Larson kind of rocking in the trailer for the um, for the Captain Marvel film. So it looks like they're going to be playing with the colors um, that we know and love and that we associate with those alien races. So that's going to be pretty cool. I think the, the 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 thing you always have to look into at some point is just like you have to consider what the industry was doing at the time in the sense that we've got to use these really ridiculous color schemes because it's all that works on paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we we especially with the you know with Marvel when Marvel starts to really start to crank these characters out right like in mm-hmm. this in the sixties and the seventies when a lot of these characters start to first debut, it's about checking box boxes sometimes. Yes, you know um they had the soup they used to have the superhero um sidekick block to check. Uh, right, sometimes yeah, right. remember like oh we got to make a legacy we got to make someone young that's that's following right. behind and DC was really on top of that and then for a while. You definitely have to have a love interest. What do, what do people do if they're not in love? You know, like what do they do every right. day if they're not constantly trying to go for somebody's affection? Well, do you know the reason they eventually like give Batman a Robin? Uh, was it because he was killing a bunch of people in the beginning of the? Well, no, not 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 that one, not that one. Okay. Uh, but 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 basically, like because he's because he's sort of especially because he's a detective, he's having all these thoughts and he's seeing all these clues, uh, but he uh, has no one to talk to, and he would just be insane, just saying like. Because we don't, they don't do like inner monologue back right, then right. the way we do now. Yeah, that makes where sense. Yeah, a whole book will be inner monologue. Now yeah. it's just like Batman walking around talking to himself, going, "Yes, this is what happened." Well, that's what I'm saying. Those those '60s and '70s comics are products of their time. I've tried to go back and read like some of the the biggest, um, you know, benchmark comics. Especially it's tough. You had to be there, and it's tough as hell because everybody 
is expository, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just ATMs. It's just yep. coming out. You'll have somebody wake up and be like, wow, I'm glad I woke up on this Saturday at 9 o'clock and with these things to do that I have to do later on today. And it's like, I didn't have to. You could just put 9 o'clock. And I, tried to read, I tried to read an old Sinister Six book. And I was just like, I can't do this. Yeah, I, I've, I've read a couple of Fantastic Fours and they're all like that. They're all very descriptive. Um, and but it, it you know is weird because you know what's tough about it for me sometimes if you read an old enough Marvel book like I ha- I can't not hear the dialogue in Stan Lee's voice because oh, yeah. I know he's writing all of them and you know he talks that way yes so when you see some of those writing there it seems like it's him telling you a story it was just Spider-Man swinging through the city it's just like you know I woke up today yeah yeah and I was flying through this <laughs> yeah swinging oh, through we... the city trying to deliver these pizzas we miss you Stan <laughs> we miss you but um yeah, so I I do think that in a lot of ways um, she is a product of her time, but they eventually ended up choosing to do something with her, which I think is more important than anything else. Yes. I'm trying to get a, let me see, a handle on her actual um, creators who are, wow, her name is Carol Susan Jane Danvers. Did you know that? I did not. I did That's not. That's very long. <laughs> That's like every female name they probably thought about in the, in the comics at the time. Uh, apparently the name is, is sort of a, a, a take from the Supergirl thing who was Linda Lee Danvers. Uh, I can't. That also... Do you have any background on that? Like, why is there a, a Cara Danvers and a Cara Lin- Danvers? Uh, <laughs> like, that seems very... very <laughs> I mean... I, th- I, th- I think it was just sort of a takeoff of that analogous thing. Like, Supergirl is the analogous character for... Superman, Kara Danvers, or Linda Lee Danvers, depending on what time you were reading it. I mean, I so guess we Cara. created a Carol Danvers who was analogous to Marvel. You literally got a Kara and a Carol who are blondes, who are red, white, a red, blue, and yellow, and that seems to be very close to yeah, <laughs> very close to each other. Yes, but uh, yeah, just one's an alien, so we have that. Carol slash uh, Carol Danvers slash Miss Marvel was created by Roy Thomas and Gene Colan. Roy Thomas is most notably known for bringing. Conan the Barbarian comics to America. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so you got um Miss Marvel here, and they eventually kill off Marvel. Mm-hmm. Dies of cancer. Got the big C. There's like a cover of like everyone around him. Like, it's a it pretty, was a big deal. It, 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 yeah, it was a pretty big deal. It was a, it wasn't a bad book, really. Like, they, they, they send him out pretty nicely. How does he, uh, do they like do one of those ashes in the wind? Um, Kinda. I don't remember if they did the ashes. I know for a fact that, like, at the end of it, they're all, like, um, a bunch of the Marvel characters are sort of standing out there as they are sort of, uh, after they'd seen him off, and there's, like, a big Kree star in the sky, uh, and it's just this really nice thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the man did choose us <laughs> over his race. Yes. Uh, you know, a race that includes people like Ronan the Acu- uh, Accuser and yon Rog, people that we're going to be seeing in the Captain Marvel uh, film. I, but... Noticeably absent, seemingly, is Marvel from the Captain Marvel film. Yes. How do you feel about them taking this? I taking him away, and therefore, no, there will be no. I loved humanity more than my mission. Uh, I think I'm fine film. with it, mostly because if if that is in fact the case, um, for the most part, it crowds the movie. Okay. Especially in a movie that already has a lot of characters. Yeah, you could ultimately if you don't if you don't do that early and get that done quick. Yes, you can make her look like an intern, almost because you, you could you, you would be, you could. would also be following Marvel's ascension. Right, 
but, but, but Marvel's ascension like, and then descension has to be quick. That's what I'm saying. Because if you don't you do have, quick enough, yeah. You, we've it, got a whole story to tell about the 90s <laughs> and meeting uh, Nick Fury. And, exactly, yeah. And getting her uh, up and ready for it. But she, for for a very, very long time, she was tied to Marvel. Um, She was the sidekick. She was the um the partner in crime, uh, or I guess a partner against crime. Mm-hmm. And um, when she, when he passes, she has basically an identity crisis and becomes right. an alcoholic. <laughs> um, yeah. And we start to get some of the, the more dour additions to the Miss Marvel character. Mm-hmm. Um, her constant uh, lack of confidence, her, uh, her loss of self identity. Um, did they just not know what to do with this character? I think they didn't. Um, but I think that is a staple of a long time of not knowing what to do with this character. Yeah. Who's just like super powerful, but like we don't really, we don't know who this woman is. Yeah. We just know we created a woman. <laughs> yeah. And um, they, so it, there was not the. Um, this is your strongest Avenger push no. with this with this character as Not there is now. And a lot of people are kind of scratching their heads at it now. Even though she's when once we get her at her full powers, even things like binary, we see that she oh. <laughs> legit oh God, it's can ridiculous. earn the mantle of that. Um but why do you think she was just kind of pushed to the side early on? You think it was the idea that she was tied to Marvel, so we had to just kind of keep her I think it was the fact that she was just um because she was just this sort of legacy character connected to Marvel that once Marvel was gone it was like it, it it's almost like saying we don't have a plan for um Spider-Woman once Spider-Man goes away. Yeah, that's true. We created Spider-Woman as just like a connection of these issue of these uh this this character to something else but like we don't really have a handle on who Spider-Woman is. Right. We just created a character for whatever reason. Now they exist. Now Jessica Drew's out there yeah, what in do the we universe. Do with them? You know, how do we address where Until they're at? Until someone came up with the genius idea that, like, she's pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was the most interesting thing they'd ever done, and then it immediately went away. But, you know, pregnancy doesn't always lead to better storylines. No, it GT, does not. Good God. Because in... Oh, what have I done? Oh. In the 1980s, uh, they published the landmark issue of Avengers 200. 200 issues. I mean, that's that's pretty big when you when you first reach milestones like it that. It is, you know. So you got uh, some people don't get to eight. Uh, you got to oh dear. <laughs> Why did I think of damage? I think damage is at 12 though. I don't know. I'm still waiting for Doomsday Clock to get to 12. <laughs> We're gonna get to nine first, both. Oh my god! I, I like this whole crazy buying experience of that. Cause I'm gotta get, I gotta get that and uh, Detective One Thousand. Oh, right. We'll be covering that right here on the cast. Yes, I got a lot of comics I gotta get and a lot of movies I gotta see. But yeah, what do you do with the issue 200? You have to have something big. You have to have something yes. monumentous. And so they uh, end up impregnating Carol Danvers. Yes, uh, that's a momentous occasion, right? right. But it's not just a regular consensual loving uh, pregnancy like no. like I want to assume most pregnancies are. Um, You'd hope so. In um, in October of nineteen ninety eight, oh sorry, nineteen eighty, Miss Marvel was kidnapped by a character named Marcus, the apparent son of Avengers foe Immortus, and taken to an alternate dimension where she is brainwashed, seduced, and impregnated. Yes, this is the eight nineteen eighty. <laughs> All right, brainwashed, 
seduced, impregnated. I'm guessing all against her will, so that implies rape. Uh, she gives birth on Earth to a child that rapidly ages into another version of Marcus. Where? How much peyote do you have to be smoking? <laughs> where you're like, oh yeah, and then he comes out, bro, and then, and then he's like full grown man. He's just a full grown man, bro. You understand? That's what all you this sound is about. like. You sound like a, a, a very intimidating cross between Kevin Smith and Vince Russo. <laughs> That's all it is. That's all it is. Um, and so, uh, she, he, 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 using, he's trying to use her to remain on Earth or whatever, but he's not uh, able to. And um, he eventually is just like, well, if I can't be on Earth, I'm just gonna take my wife <laughs> slash mother to my dimension and. The Avengers are like, hi. <laughs> and they, they literally, no opposition from the Avengers. No. Uh, and they, because they honestly believe that Miss Marvel and Marcus are in love. Even though they did not know her to know this man. Even though she disappeared to another dimension. Even though she then gave birth to this man. Uh, Cap, uh, Tony, <laughs> they were, Hawkeye, they were like... They're all like, nah, I mean, she's happy, though. She's happy, though. I mean, if that's what she wants. You know, she's happy, though. So they, they, uh, yeah, they, they let her, they let her go there. Comic historian Carol A. Strickland criticizes the story in an essay titled The Rape of Miss Marvel. Uh, citing the market storyline, she puts, finally, after relative weeks of such efforts and admittedly with a subtle boost from Immortus Machine, you became mine. That's, uh, that's what. Marcus said. Yes, that's uh, how it works. Yeah, you know, so Strickland posted that as this is basically rape. This is constituted rape. Like, uh, this is ridiculous. Um, Then they ended up undoing it and stuff like that. So we're all in the clear. Everything's cool with Captain Marvel, no babies, everything's straight. And then she meets Rogue, like you said earlier on. <laughs> yes, yes. So you just keep going from one one problem to another. Yeah, so she meets Rogue, and Rogue is initially an evil mutant who has the powers to take away your um your powers. To take He's, other powers, yes. Yeah, to take... take yeah, because... Is the idea that both of you would have them then, or that yours is negated? Well, well, I think that the idea is that she's able to just like siphon the energy of life from you because, like, she can kill someone with yeah, with okay. it. Yeah, should she like if if she just touched a normal human, she would still be able to kill that person over time. Well, that was that was always the emphasis I remember was yes. the length of time in which she touches a person. Uh, you know, yeah. That that's where the increments of power that she's taking from you, right? Uh, you know, but like it worked on anyone. So yes. like, you essentially like you. She could just siphon the life force from you if she just holds on to a normal human for an amount of time. Yeah. Should you have powers, apparently, if she holds on to you for long enough, she can also siphon those. Ugh. And ridiculous. so ridiculous. And so usually it's a tap, it's a touch. Whatever yeah. she like grabs Miss Marvel's face. She like she just like grabs just her by the head on. and holds on for a very, very, very long time. And through that, Rogue is able to gain uh, super strength and flight, and uh, she ends up becoming a more popular member of the X Men. Like, yeah, yeah. Through this dastardly act, uh, she ends up all is forgiven, and she, uh, you know, even though you try to kill a a, a hero that we all know, because all the Avengers and X Men, everybody's cool with each other. Um, Rogue becomes more popular. Carol gets put in a coma mm-hmm. and basically just wakes up to everyone being cool with Rogue. And, you know, we like everyone just Everyone just accepts this. Yeah, we're happy that you're back, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that yeah. like you're back, too. But, 
you're all, you're back also. It's like, wait, like you mean you didn't lock her up? Like, no, no, she's cool. Yep, yep, yep. No, she's not. And so, short, what you think that with that first with the with the Marcus stuff, you already kind of knew with, with the death of, of Captain Marvel that. They might not have much for her to do. Mm-hmm. You bring in the market stuff, that's almost a nail in the coffin. Yes. And then on top of that, the rogue stuff. And you're like, well, what? what is there left to do? And then you get binary, which is basically, um, um, this was. So wait, uh, if, I, if, I remember, if I know correctly, and I'm not completely sure of this, aren't all of these happening in other people's books too? Yes, because she wasn't, they weren't really rocking her like right. on her, in her own time. So like, not only are we beating this character up, but it's like. She doesn't even have her own stuff. We're just beating in this side. We need somebody to do these things. She's and just so... this 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 uh this bullet sponge that we are just holding in front of us to like that's beat what, on. That's what a lot of people consider binary. They consider her incredibly overpowered for the sake of narrative drive. Right. Because nobody else on the team can be that. They just go, well, wh- what do people know slash care about Carol Danvers anyway? We can say that we did this and we did that, and now she's a god, and no one's gonna, right. no one's gonna question it, you know. Um, she also kind of reminds me of like Harbinger from um, Crisis on uh, Infinite Earths, which that mm. that that's around that same time. Which I mean, I feel like those comic creators were always looking over each other's shoulder. Oh yeah, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. did we 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 just had, we just had that interesting few weeks where it was just like, um. The Avengers and Justice League are both doing stories about old cosmic things at the same time. Yeah, we thought they would never come to Earth, but now they're here. <laughs> What's they up? Ha- yeah, exactly. It's like you guys are you guys are obviously like And now they're people. both doing water stories. I don't understand. <laughs> you said you said that um you made a, a good point about saying that she didn't have her own um title to do these things in. No. And that is kind of the crux of a lot of this um this need for a reboot, this 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 now emphasis on her as a character, the stuff like um, the slow plotting of the uh, eventual Black Widow movie that we're going to get. Right? Eventual. <laughs> eventual. What do you think it is about Marvel? And obviously, I don't think it's a sexist thing, but what do you think about is it is about them and their female characters that they can't seem to get a Wonder Woman or a Supergirl or a um, even a Catwoman? A Catwoman... It may not be a hero, but she's iconic. Like people know yes. of that character, um, Poison Ivy, stuff like that. I don't think that Marvel, besides the Black Widow, and now you would say a Captain Marvel, but ten years ago, say Captain Marvel in a room full of people who just saw Iron Man, they'll be like, "Who?" Right. You know. Um, what do you think is Marvel's issue with that? Um. Well, I, I I'd say at first it was definitely a little sexist, but I mean, like, <laughs> right. Like, well, everyone's half naked too. So yeah, like, I was gonna say, I look at these costumes. Like I don't know. Yeah. Um. I think it has a bit to do with the fact, and we mentioned this um, off-cast, um, the Marvel Universe, as massive as it is, kind of focuses on a central bunch of guys. Yeah. These are the people that, you know, are, are, in, are in and out of the revolving door of whatever the Avengers is at the time you are reading it. Yeah. Um, except for New Avengers, which is completely different. Right. Um, And that's about it. You have what? What we have now in the MCU, which is these are our big characters and these are our sort of avengeristic auxiliary characters. Yeah. Like, okay, we bring in Black Widow as a co-star for this thing. We bring in uh, Falcon as a co-character for this thing, but they're not doing any of their own stuff. Yeah, almost how they use uh, Mr. Terrific in um, 
and on DC side of things. Yes, absolutely. He's always looked at as a value member, but he's never really the first one they call. They call him. No, no, he'll yeah, get yeah. Call, he'll get the call eventually. No. But uh, we need those spears you got, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So we've never had that 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 female like um, lead for Marvel for for most of the years that I can remember. Yeah, you have female characters of a level of importance. Who would you say those are? Sue Storm. Okay. I yeah, I put her up there. Yeah. Sue yeah, Storm yeah, is right. Sue Storm is is important and almost iconic in her own way, but she's a team character. Yeah, she is. At the end of the day, it's the Fantastic Four and Sue Storm is an integral part of of it. You would actually think that like if you know, the eventually you get stuff like A Force and stuff. But right. you actually think like if any superhero team, female led superhero team is gonna go down, like Sue would be like one of the people that you kinda Absolutely. But, but she is like you said, she's not only in a team, but that's a family, her family. Yes. And they, they, they rock together. Down. Yeah, that also so ties her down not, pretty. So she's not a lead. She's just, she's she's important. She is well taken care Well, she's mostly well taken care of. There were some, yeah. there were some stages there. Yeah, um, yeah. I've seen some of those window. outfits. <laughs> I've seen some of those outfits. Yeah, they're kind of ridiculous. We had some moments there. But and Namor's always trying to get to her. It's yeah, it's that's always thing. weird. <laughs> uh so they never actually land on a female character. And as we mentioned, uh, we were talking about off-cast, I meant to say, the X-Men, or at least the mutant community, seems to have a lot of strong female characters. Yeah. But they are such an island onto themselves and their own mutant culture that it's almost as if it exists outside of the greater Marvel universe. Yeah, because you got Gene in there, you got Rogue, you got Storm. Jean and you know, her seven deaths. Yes. Psylocke was always seemed to be deadly and she always got to push, you mm-hmm. know, with her stuff. Um, and then everybody else is like the femme fatale. Like you'll get a uh, Electra. Yes. Or something like that. But there, there was never really a, I mean, it's She-Hulk as well, right? But She-Hulk is an analogous character to, you know, the various other Hulks. Yeah, that's true. Out there. Yeah, you're right. You it, know? It, it, very much in this vein of Miss Marvel to Marvel. Right. Um, so you get Scarlet Witch, who doesn't get her own book for years and gets one short run that doesn't really work out. And they paired her with Petro for the most part. And right. Every other, and in, she's every mostly other just known as this, like, chaos character that only bad things come from. Yeah. They <laughs> use her. Yeah. She is the MacGuffin of, of reality. And then the she's just part. like, well, she's Vision's wife. Yeah. Yeah, you have that, too. Where they, where they're, I guess we're coming in, we're coming in on a, on a, on a hypothesis here. It seems like a lot of these characters, these female characters that are not in the X-Men, were um, th- their most defining trait is their relationship to their most so another, more successful yeah, male, male character. character. Yes. As opposed to what they were able to do with the mantle or the or the thing in Or general. just with who they were as a as a character, as a person. Ah, damn. Damn, Carol. Well, I'm glad she got out from underneath it, but it wasn't without alcoholism first. <laughs> Carol decides, the other, the other, uh, how do you say, the other big wall. Yeah, she, um, she was pissed because she's all like, "You guys, I hate the Avengers. You guys let me get captured by that rapist guy," and everybody was cool with it. Even you, Hawkeye, stop trying to act like you're right. looking at the floor. <laughs> you know he was down with it. Um, I'm not going as uh, Miss Marvel anymore. My name is Warbird. And then you get like with that, you also and a little bit with the Miss Marvel stuff, you get the the bathing suit outfit. Right. The um onesie the, kind the of leotard. Yeah, the leotard with the high boots and the sash and the domino mask. What do you think of that about that outfit? 
Uh, first off, the Domino Mask doesn't cover anything. Why are we doing that? <laughs> it never does, man. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan. I like him on the Robins. I think. I feel like it defines the Robin character. Maybe, but everybody else is just little. But my see, my my issue is typically like the massive Domino Mask that doesn't cover anything. Yes. Yeah. So like that's the one I can't get. We 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 kind of made fun of the Green Lantern Domino Mask because it's like, dude, everyone knows what your face looks like. But another thing, another thing that makes it even worse is to my knowledge for the most you know um uses of domino masks they had they try to do the white eyes yes or they try to do but hers they don't even go to the eyes like you can see the skin no, around they're her like, eyes they're far above and far below <laughs> yes, so like, it's like, just these two big diamonds on her face yeah like what are you doing like i can i can that's you carol i can I see you she also has like shoulder length gloves like she has gloves and knee All high boots. Yeah, knee high boots. So they wanted to cover her up, but apparently just not the parts that. Yeah. You know, so they she's just like flying through the air, ass out. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> December. Doesn't out. matter. Um, in the 2000s, she gets some of her more formidable years. Yes. Before the Captain Marvel mantra, um, a mantle that she ends up taking on. Um, I actually read these issues of comics because when, uh, <sighs> Endgame ended, <laughs> when Endgame ended, and we got that Endgame? big beeper. Infinity oh. War. I'm already in the future, bro. When Infinity War <laughs> ended and the beeper, um, you know, the beeper logo The most important up, beeper this side of the studio. Yeah, you ain't lying. Uh, lit up. I I had to do... I, I had to figure out how all my guys have seemingly fallen into this purple alien man and how Captain Marvel is going to be the one to save it. <laughs> and everything on Captain Marvel at the time was relatively new. Um, we'll get into the constant relaunches of, num- of Captain Marvel number ones. So I figured the, the biggest chunk of Captain Marvel-driven and um, Captain Marvel-centered comics I can get are the Miss Marvel run in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And that I read 50 issues of that, and that goes through some of Marvel's biggest stories at the time, which are Civil War, um, the Skrull Invasion, House the Dark M. Avengers, House of M, which is a lot of the the more modern um, super events. Just the, that the going parade on. of Marvel events and big happenings. Yes. Yeah, and these, I mean, those four, man, the things that have been done to the universe because of Civil War, the Skrull Invasion, the Dark Avengers, and House of M, Changed everything. Changed everything. As Can you imagine that. being a guy in the Marvel Universe who just works at a FedEx? And it's just like, oh, God, what's happening today? <laughs> There's a scene, I think, is in maybe in Secret Invasion or something. My boss is a green alien. <laughs> somebody's reminiscing, and as you turn the pages, it's, it's all those events. Yes. And it's like, yeah, we, damn, they did them all. Like, they legit, you know, did them all. And so, uh, more importance is placed on her, especially post um, Civil War, because she's one of the people that decides. That she's for the Registration Act. Mm-hmm. And so Tony needs to get a whole team of pro-registrators on his Avengers team. Right. And uh, Miss Marvel is one of them. And her, sorry, Miss Marvel and Tony seem to have, uh, like, autonomy mm-hmm. on the team. Like, they're both kind of the leader. Like, he, right. uh, you know, diverse power to her um, in the same way she does and vice versa. Miss Marvel made sense in that situation for me because she comes from a structure of, of like, like military and government. You know, uh, how do you say? Um, oh, like the ranking structure, like yes. a, like sort of like a bureaucracy. Yes. Kind of deal? Yeah. So like for her, like registering is just like uh, it's just the another, Air Force. It's again. just another form. I'm just back in the Air Force. Yeah, it's just another form. Putting my social security number on. And, right. And, and, and yeah. No, I yeah I can get that. And I mean, 
to the most part, people knew Carol Danvers. I don't think she had much of a secret identity. No. Same way like Tony Stark. Like people kind of, besides the whole Iron Man's my bodyguard stuff. Right. You have, you have, I, know, I don't know when that ever gets out. And then he eventually is just like, eh. It's Remember? me. Yeah, <laughs> I am Iron Man. Um, How do you feel about her in a leading role? Like, it makes sense for her to sign up for the Registration Act, but how do you feel about her leading, and not only the Avengers, but the newly titled Mighty Avengers? Yes. Rebranding. These ain't your grandfather's Avengers, mostly because these are all uh, law-abiding citizens right. <laughs> that are choosing to sign the Reg- Registration Act. Um, how did you feel about her inclusion on the team and uh, her being basically the leader? Um, I felt about about it. That was one of the books I did read, uh, uh, especially around the time of um, our our uh, comrade Yogi trying to get me into like the the new Avengers one and all that. Yeah. I got to read that too. Um, I actually quite enjoyed it. It's a lot of Miss Marvel struggling to not only, um, not even so much to be the leader, but to sort of earn the title from her peers. Uh huh. Because she's just like, why, like, why do you want me to lead this team? Right. I have now. I have to convince these people to listen to me. And it's also kind of obvious that these people for the most part, and no offense to any of these characters, were not first choices. No. Because had everyone who was on the original Avengers just signed the Registration Act, we'd be peaches. Everybody would be fine. Yeah. But now we have to go and like tell other heroes, like, hey, there's an opening. You know? Remember that team you spot. always wanted to be on and I always said, you know, not a, not in yeah. hell. You know, like, yeah. it would be a cold day in hell before that happens. Well, put on your sweater because it's getting oh, kind of yeah. getting cold out there. So that roster, um, was Iron Man, Miss Marvel, Wonder Man, The Wasp, Black Widow, my boy Sentry, who's an absolute nut job. I yes. love him because he's freaking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ares, which I guess was their Thor. Uh, that was their Thor. Um, sort of, yeah. Yeah, you had Ares on the team. So you Ares had... is just like big giant gladiator dude who wants to punch all the things. Yeah. So you. So yeah, you got. That's a. That's a pretty. Good team. I mean, you still got Iron Man there. A lot of women. Miss Marvel, The Wasp, and Black Widow. Yes. Uh, Wonder Man, Sentry, and Ares, which are lesser known mm-hmm. Marvel uh, characters. Most people still don't know who Wonder Man is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they, they were they were trying to push new characters out there and see if they had any standing. And eventually, Jessica Drew ends up joining the roster. Or does she? Because we find out that Jessica Drew is a freaking scroll. And that's what creates this whole... Secret Invasion Madness, and that's what ties... I mean, the Kree and the Skrull have been fighting forever. Ever. They've been fighting literally forever. Don't, aren't the Kree in, are responsible for the creation of the Inhumans? Um, I believe that the I believe the Inhumans is a Kree project that got scrapped. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like, we're just going to leave it on they the moon. They tried to kill them all, it didn't work out. Yeah, so they... These... They ended up on Earth. The, the the Kree have always been in, incredibly intelligent when they, with their technology and their fighting force and their military. The Skrulls have always been incredibly devious with their ability to shapeshift. And um, that allows them strong footholds in various different cultures and, and um, planets. And uh, they've been kindly at odds forever. So the Secret Invasion is just another layer of this whole Kree and Skrull thing that I know they're going to get knee deep into when push knee comes deep. to shove. In um, Captain Marvel, what do you what do you think about Secret Invasion, and what do you think of the odds we see that 
in our MCU. Because um, I think everyone's like just, you know, chomping at the bit right now. They're just like, ev- everything seems to be there for that. Here's my trouble with the uh, with the idea of Secret Invasion as far as I understand it. Um, as far as the movies are concerned, the whole idea is usually that the you find out that some character, some big important character, was a scroll the entire time. Which works in books and in cartoon or television series. Because then you still have an entire period now where you get to rebuild that character name okay. after the fact. Yeah. If you try to do the thing that um uh Earth's Mightiest Heroes does where Captain, Captain America was a scroll yeah. the entire time. Like, oh, great. All those movies we love were right, right, right. was a complete imposter. Yeah. And now it's all crap. Well, the only the only way Secret Invasion works is with surprising reveals. Yes. Um I do think you're correct in saying that if it can't be anyone that I don't think it could ever be anyone that we seen their point of view. Right. So the movie's been about them or that we've seen their origin story, I right. think you scratch that right off the right You can out. use you can use pretty much most of any of the uh analogous uh not analogous, excuse me, um auxiliary Avengers characters. Yeah, yeah. But like even Scarlet Witch, I feel like has done too much backstory to background to be a, a scroll and stuff like that. Um, Scarlet maybe like like you could you could have made um uh how do, who am I thinking of uh you could have made Hawkeye a scroll and kind of gotten away with it. Yeah. Uh, you you could make. I think the Hawkeye being a scroll thing it messes up with the Loki mind. Maybe. Thing. I, maybe I'm thinking too much into it, but I'm thinking like, you not- if you did take over his mind, wouldn't he just go back to being like a scroll? Like, how does that work? Does he? Does you have to actively be concentrating on being a <laughs> being a, uh, a Hawkeye, and then um, that happens. Poor Hawkeye. That may be true. That may be true. But I yeah, Ellen Page is his wife in that, isn't it? Isn't she? Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not Ellen Page. Not Ellen Page. Um... Oh, other girl. Yes. Yes. I. 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 I uh, Discredit you, woman, that, that, that I, I, I <laughs> whose name I can't remember, but I'm going to find it out because I feel so bad. I, I, why did I think that was Ellen Page? They look similar. I, I can see why you'd say that. Yeah, no, I, I remember her from Freaks and Geeks. What was her name? Her name, survey says, out. is Linda Cardinelli. Yes, yes, Card- yes, I think it's Cardinelli. Cardinelli. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, there's a few people you can't do. You you can't do Black Widow because she's got a movie coming up and she's too popular. Yes, um, <laughs> I think everyone's mostly pointing to Rhodey. See, Rhodey, you can kind of get away with. Yeah, and he's no one's concerned about. It. And he's in the military, which also seems like a advantage to the Scrolls if they ever wanted to. Sure, go that route. But then, like, you run into the funny part of just like, so there were Scrolls working for Hydra. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The military's all screwed up yeah. in the Marvel universe. Who was yeah? Was there any good people in any of this? <laughs> um, but yeah, that 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 brings the scroll invasion here. That mm-hmm. brings the scroll invasion to Earth, and um, Captain Marvel is at the front and ready for that. There was also this crazy story going on during Secret Invasion, in which Captain Marvel shows back up, and Marvel shows back up, and everybody's like, "Uh, what? <laughs> You're dead." And he's like, um, it turns out he's a scroll, but the scroll's so jacked up in his programming that he actually believes he is Marvel. Yes, he actually has the re- retained the memories and and everything, which is part of the the transition when they do these invasions. I believe this happens twice. Yeah, so he flips 
out. Not twice at Marvel, but like the two characters. Yeah, yeah. Because I believe we also have the, no, I am totally your wife, Hawkeye. Yep. I um, am Mockingbird. uh, Mockingbird, yeah, yeah. And then she's not, and Hawkeye's just like, oh, we are killing Oh, that was jacked up, because if I can remember, what ended up happening was, they were like, anyone could be a scroll or whatever, and and Mockingbird's like, not us. Remember that miscarriage that we had? And he's like, yeah. Oh my God. No, she, would she talks ever know about, about that intimate, deep details yeah, that like, only no. Hawkeye would know. And like, Hawkeye's no, just like, ever know about it's my that. wife, y'all. And then she dies, and it's like, yep, she's a scroll, y'all. <laughs> she's a scroll, y'all. No, nah, she doesn't die, but like, uh, they use the machine that reveals who scrolls oh, are, and the green skin happens. And then Hawkeye's just like, okay. I'll put your ass Now down. we're killing all of them. Put, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what he says. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to kill them all. Uh, yeah, so. um. What a crazy like uh, twist! The idea that uh, a shape shifting alien would go so far and so deep into character that he would start believing he's that character, and then he starts to destroy scroll ships. Mm-hmm. He starts to help in the war against the scrolls, even though he is a scroll. Um, I thought that was all pretty uh, interesting. Which yes. I think if you're gonna do that story, you have to do it to that extent. It has to be someone who's in so deep that they're not mustache twirling no. behind the scenes. They legit think that they're this person. And so when the reveal happens, it becomes, I'm I'm not. Yeah. Like, I've been hanging out with y'all. Right. And then, oh, damn. <laughs> you know, right. I, I'm green. It, it, it doesn't work unless you have the time to redeem a character after the fact. And, like, you can't do it. You can't say it was Captain America or Iron Man because they're going to go away. Yeah. And all those movies sadly. you watched are now done. Yeah, sadly. They could have probably done it on um. Uh, Agents of Shield or Potentially, Marvel yes. Netflix shows. Yeah, you you could have definitely done like oh such and such was a scroll for the first two seasons. Here's three seasons of like making it all better. Yeah, but that scroll invasion storyline takes uh, ends in around 2009, and then we get uh, the Dark Avengers line, which I I think I actually thought was a pretty smart way w- direction to go. And the idea that then the government is just like, you know what, we don't really trust you anymore. Like we right. First, we didn't trust y'all, and y'all were like, well, we'll just register. And then y'all almost blew up the earth in this little quarrel between each other right? about whether or not y'all should register. Then an alien species come down, and half of y'all are that too? Screw it. We need a government, you know, enlisted Avengers. And we need it from the guy who ultimately shoots the scroll queen in the head, Norman Osborn. Because, you know. I mean, Norman? I mean, We we decided to trust Norman Osborn. Psyche vows be damned. Norman Osborn leads his own Avengers and gets his own uh, evil, malicious version of Miss um, Marvel, uh, played by the villain, I want to say Moonstone. Yes. Who's a, a murderer. So you get a little Might bit Might I of... add, the Iron Patron suit looks fantastic and does not get enough play. <laughs> I like the one with more red. I don't like the one with more blue. I like <laughs> I like uh, Norman's. I don't like... Uh, you don't like Rody's. the roadie one in the movie? I, I like the roadie one. I, I, it, it reminds me too much of Cap Cap. Like, and it should. I, 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 I figured that was the point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you have um, Moonstone. You get that duality because throughout those 50 issues that I read of Miss Marvel, she seemed very conflicted, very confused. Mm-hmm. She wasn't very sure of herself. Her, She would go back and reminisce on her origins, the multiple of them, and you can see how convoluted things were. And then... When they talked about big events, she just wasn't around. Like, not prior to the 2000 events. Yes. Like, when you talk about other things, she's like, I remember when that happened, but, like, right. she had no play in that moment. And so, um, she kind of has to fight herself to get past the Miss Marvel 
moniker mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And she eventually does when she, you know, takes on War, uh, Warbird as part of the uh, Dark Avengers and stuff. And then we start hearing some rumblings that they might be actually trying to uh, rebrand and recreate. Yes. Um, Carol Danvers. As Marvel often does with a lot of things. Were you privy to this while it was happening or was this something that you like saw once it once it did happen? Um it was something I saw once it did happen. Like I did not know uh that the Miss Marvel character had changed until it was well well into it. Okay. So I was just like, "Oh, it's Captain Marvel now?" Okay. What do you, what do you think? I I just remember seeing like, "Oh, this flight suit looks much better and really cool. Okay. Like maybe they take this character seriously now. Yeah. I'm kind of into it. So I, I ended up like and this was also like I came into it so late that she'd already had the haircut. Ah, okay. So it seemed like it was just an older Captain Marvel Miss Marvel who had just like they had really just um revamped around. And there's something, I mean, there is a connotation behind that Miss Marvel stuff, right? Like, as opposed to Captain or <laughs> Miss, I guess, you well, there's a Mr. Terrific, so I guess it's not that. Um, to a degree. <sighs> is it me? Am I being sexist now? What's going on here? No. Um, I think at the time, you could argue that, like. Like, Little Miss Marvel, you know, like, Little Miss, <laughs> that just feels like. It Miss feels, Daisy? Yeah, it just feels like you're patting her on the head. You're not, yeah. you're not saluting her. At, but like, and at the same time, it almost feels like because I don't, I don't, I don't know how many how, how many misters were out there like uh, other than maybe Mister Fantastic. But again, that's yeah. like its own silly thing. <laughs> I want to go on a tangent on that real quick. It's hilarious if you go back to that issue of the comic because they, you know, it's like, um, wow, Johnny, you are you're setting on fire. You're like some sort of human torch right and then it's like uh you uh you know sue i can barely see you you are some kind of invisible woman and then he goes and ben you have just become this sort of thing thing. and i'll call myself mr fantastic you're a jackass (laughs) wow wow you think highly of yourself reed you sat here and just made up whatever we look like and then no one called you stretchy or, you know, we rubber band. Doom had the ego. No one called you rubber band, man. you just like, oh, I'll just take it upon myself to call myself Mr. Fantastic. But of that shows, course you did. That shows how big branding is and stuff. Um, it also shows how heavy-handed character naming is and why all the movies have other people name them. Uh, I, don't, I, think, <laughs> I think it's as bad as, like, when you start going into early uh, Marvel comics and you got, like, the Punisher, the Destroyer, the, you know, the Super Supreme, even the Supreme Intelligence. Like, when you start yeah. adding all those Super Ultra <laughs> and things on top of each other, uh, it's ridiculous. Yes. But um, in talking about moving her from Miss to Captain, editor Steve Wacker mentions that uh, he'd been trying to get this name changed since his first day editing the book about five years prior to the actual rebrand. So he'd been trying to push for the Captain Marvel mm-hmm. thing for a minute. Um what do you think about the idea? Like, do you think she could be Captain Marvel in that outfit, in the Miss Art Marvel outfit, or no. does it have to be a complete teardown? I don't think she can at all. Like, I, I, I think it, it almost undermines the importance of the name. Yeah. Or like, like if I hear Captain Marvel, it comes with a sense of like rank and importance. Yeah, and respect. And then I huh? And respect. Like yes. a, like a like a stand straight right. soldier kind of. Right. And then you see that person flying around in this black leotard and and and, and 
and uh, long gloves and and long boots. It's just like, wait, what? And a beardy covering domino mask. Yes. And uh, yeah, so even though Steve Wacker wanted to do the change, the actual change comes from um, the actual change and the rebranding and all that stuff come from a name you're going to be hearing a lot in the rest of this podcast, and that is Kelly Sue DeConnick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick is the pioneer of what we see as the new uh, Captain Marvel, the new Carol Danvers. Yes. And although people have taken some of her lead, maybe not the in the best direction, no. um, a lot of what we will be seeing um, in the film Captain Marvel will be a direct indirect relation to the things that Kelly Sue DeConnick created for the character. Mm-hmm. And so, um, even though she had done a lot of work in, in comics before Captain Marvel, it, Captain Marvel, that rebranding was like the biggest project that she had to date. And, um, yeah, when people, when the, when the book first hit, even, even when you look at that first, uh, page of that Pursuit of Flight stuff, that Pursuit of Flight, um, book, the first page is a newspaper clipping of like, Captain Marvel's brand new and brand and you know she's doing yes. the like it's the way of saying to everyone like this is not what you've been reading this all is... new and all different even oh my gosh <laughs> it's all that um so let's get a little bit into that issue there because I think that issue is pretty important then we can get back to why uh, the decisions were made mm-hmm. but um this is a synopsis of the first issue of Captain Marvel in 2012 written by Kelly Sue DeConnick with art by Dexter Soy. So this is the first uh, self-titled Captain Marvel issue to feature Carol Danvers in the lead role. Um, this issue is important because it showcases the new costume, the haircut, the attitude, and ultimately the weight of the decision on whether to take um, Marvel's moniker. Um, it opens with Carol and Captain America taking on the Observing Man, aka Crusher Creel, in the streets of New York. Um, it is here that we find because out that you her- needed two nicknames. <laughs> I think Crusher Creel is fine, like as a as a villain name. Like you don't need to be the absorbing it, man. It, exactly, because like I, I'm pretty sure you no one had a kid. It's just like I'm gonna name him Crusher. Yeah, right. Uh, they like him though. They use him quite often. They do. It wasn't he in, in, in Shield. I gotta see. I gotta double check. I think he was in Agents of Shield. I believe he was. Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. We find out that 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 she she's in the new outfit already. Mm-hmm. And um, you know the the blue, red, and gold flight suit with the sash, and the sash is a callback to her previous um, costume. It seems outfit changes in comics are never like like explained or yeah, yeah, yeah. they just happen. Yeah, and then people will, like slightly comment them. Oh, you got a new thing? Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, okay, all, all said and done. And Superman's wearing the underwear again. Yeah. So we got the captains fighting together, and I think they did that on purpose. Um, you know, they take on they take the villain down. And she uh, exclaims that some of her suit is made from Stark Tech. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool to know. Uh, Cap and Carol re- return to the Avengers Tower, where Cap does his best to convince Ms. Danvers into taking Marvel's moniker and place as Captain Marvel, as opposed to Ms. Marvel, which she was for years. And I'm guessing she was still Ms. Marvel then when they were fighting Technically, yes. Crusher Creel. Um, yeah. But she's, she's not with it at all, though. She's like, nah. No. And she's like violently not with it. Like at one point <laughs> she's playing with a knife and she's just like, stop, stop bringing it up, whatever. And she took it as like, that's his name. I'm not taking a dead person's name and just acting like he doesn't exist. Right. And Cap, being the diplomat that he is, is all like, technically that's not his name. Technically Marvel is his name. And we called him Captain Marvel. So like, what you talking about? Like, uh, 
anyone could be Captain America. And then it's the idea that he's it's like, been on like two different other people. He says <laughs> he says that Captain um Captain Marvel is not his name, but it's his legacy, and that you have to assume that that legacy was meant to be passed down to Miss Marvel to Carol mm-hmm. Danvers. Um, and she he basically is just like just reconsider it. Yes, we see uh, Spider Man show up. Um, and Carol, you know, they once went on a date, so they, that's a little funny and stuff. And she's <laughs> even playing around with him on some, like, do you like Miss Marvel? And he's like, if I tell you I don't, will you hit me harder? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think that's kind of cool that if, if Kelly thought the name was too old fashioned or too old school, you would then have older characters, established characters be like, yeah, we didn't really like it either. You know? And then right. that kind of, uh, eases the transition. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, but Spider-Man shows up, tries to set up another date, and Carol's is like, nah, I'm busy. Um, but in a beautiful moment, we see Carol uh, escape to clear her head, and she ends up flying so far and so quickly that she escapes Earth's orbit, uh, then chooses to come straight back down, feeling the velocity of re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. What do you think about that? That whole, like, I just need to go. I just need to get away. We don't see that often. I mean, Spider-Man may go to, like, a rooftop or something. <laughs> but like out, like like leave orbit, like he's like I just feel like leaving orbit. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I was that was a nice little. It was a nice uh, scene, especially when it's like you consider the idea that it's especially if you were in a city area, what's the quietest place you could go? Well, oh, yeah, if you can sure. fly, you yeah. go to space. Yeah. Into the cold darkness of space. Um, and then it's just this really cool. And we see the cool, we get to see the cool helmet. Yes. And gear, you know, the the helmet that uh, leaves just a little bit of space for her hair just, to just, come shooting Just a little out, bit. Uh, shooting out through the top. Um, but the, the, the description of how she feels out there in the void of space, the description of how she feels re-entering the Earth's atmosphere, going mock whatever. That rush again. Burning up, burning up, you know, uh, mm-hmm. with, the, uh, with the power of the atmosphere. And she confesses to feeling overpowered. Um, also, which I thought was very interesting. She says, like, she lost the concept of risk because it wouldn't be fair for her to, like, do the things that she normally wanted to do. No. The things that she normally thought were risky mm-hmm. are child's play to her. Yes. <laughs> and that... And it, it would be. Yeah. And... But what does that do to somebody who wants to achieve? That when adrenaline? You, when you, yeah, when you nerf them, you yeah. know, and when all they're literally built on the next task or goal, what does that do to a person's purpose? You right. Know? And um, I think that that's the question that she ends up asking herself. Mm-hmm. And the only thing is to take on more. Yes. And so in this instance, she decides, and I love the, I love the page. She's like, I'm taking the damn name. I'm taking <laughs> the damn name. And it's like, okay. Like, in just that little bit of time, so much character rehab being done, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they show her being unsure of herself, but unsure of herself for real reasons. Not yeah. just... Because we need the character to not reach the point that we need them to reach until a certain issue. So now I was like, okay, I need a challenge. Fine. I'll take the damn name. I'll I will be, be Captain Marvel. I will Marvel. be the Captain Marvel. And maybe, in some ways, that's part of the reason why she didn't want to take it anyway. She felt she would fall short right. of the legacy. And so now, with Captain Marvel being in the in the front... I was going to say the front view. That's just mm-hmm. view. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, being in the distance, um, she has something to race towards. Right. To being a better Captain Marvel in, and in going... Higher, further, faster, and more. Yes. It, it, it's also sort of, um, if you want to, you could also metatextually read it as just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take this character and I'm going to make it work. Yeah. 
which yeah. is which would be the first time we got it done. And that making it work may mean metaphorically, you know, getting her as far away from everybody mm-hmm. as possible, getting her ready, and then shooting her straight back down right. into the into the continuity as this brand new Captain Marvel. Um, ready and stuff like that. We also learned for her immense um, admiration of Helen Cobbs, who broke um, 15 records during her time as a pilot mm-hmm. when females were discouraged for being one. So it's the death of this, um, you know, women's rights um, pilot mm-hmm. combined with her feelings of this Marvel moniker that solidify what she wants to do because um, the issue closes with Carol at Helen's funeral choosing to honor her memory and that means taking more risks and living her life more unapologetically and i do think like what's what's that last line that did, uh, can you read the 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 script the nice uh <laughs> helen cobb uh i think she wrote a letter or something like that uh the whole thing uh right i think the page before the last and then the last will okay uh it says we're gonna get where we're going you and me Death and indignity be damned. <laughs> this, this, get... probably, this is probably Kelly Sue talking to talking to yeah. <laughs> uh, Carol Danvers. Death and indignity be damned. We'll get there. And we will be the stars we were always meant to be. You know? And that... Did, there's, there's few first issues that will make you feel like, okay, you know what? Maybe this character... Mm-hmm. They have... They, they, They've they got lit, something here. They've lit a fire under her. She now has... Um, you know, uh, a place to go and stuff like that. Um, we were actually doing some research about that that outfit because how do you jump from a onesie, a leotard, to a flight <laughs> suit? And it turns out that this was all basically like a part of a bet. They there was this there was this um character uh, costume designer named what well, I just had that I forgot his name. I know his last name is um McKelvey. Jason McKelvey? Jamie? Jamie McKelvey. Jamie McKelvey. That's exactly what it is. Jamie McKelvey. And um, so when Kelly was doing her, her writing and stuff like that, they already knew that they needed a new outfit. And they're like, you know, yes. that McKelvey guy. They say guy, at first he tried to take the black out of the, the, the Miss Marvel suit and just tried to like extend it so that it covered her legs and uh, whatnot. Like a one, like a, like a, like a, like a, what they call those? Like a full Like on, a morph suit? Like one of those, like. Almost, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it was just like, not only did it not look great, but now it's just this all black and it just looks too dark. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to get away from these dark characters. And that logo, whatever that logo is. The S. The Miss. It, that's what I'm saying. Like, the S for Miss? Yes. <laughs> yes. Where did you go, M? For because, Miss Marvel? <laughs> because, you know, your identity is that you are female. That's what it is. Yeah, I don't. I mean, whatever. So, yeah, they get Mr. Um, so, they're like, yeah, we, uh, she actually, actually says, like, can we just. Put him on payroll, get him to design this uh, suit for us, and move forward with it. And they're like, "Listen, we're not giving Captain Marvel money to for this, right? right? Like, we are not going to pay this guy to do this. But if he were on his own accord to create this outfit, and if on his own accord give you that, so now it's in your possession. And should the outfit just come across my desk one day, and I like what I see, and I prove it, then <laughs> we will use it, and we could pay him for that commission of that." of that outfit mm-hmm. and that's ultimately what ha- what ends up happening and they they say that um the culture in general for costume design is changing yes especially with artists now being the forefront of 
this creation where I felt like a lot of times it was the writers going, and they should have this, and they should have that. Mm-hmm. Now it's the artist going like, what would make sense? How does that zip up? Right. Where, where, do you, where do the buttons go on that? <laughs> you know and and um, so we've gotten more grounded looks at some of these characters, and mm-hmm. this is right up there with some of the best. Like Some of that Captain America stuff doesn't look like it, it's comfortable. Like the early... like. Oh, I have, I, I have railed against the whole scale thing since yeah. the day I saw that outfit. Like, why are there scales on his chest? But sometimes they give him, like, Is the he white... A fish man? They give him the white long sleeves? Yeah, sometimes they do. You know? So he's, like... And he's got he these has, like, massive... Armor. He's got these massive gloves. Yeah, he has armor gloves and a long sleeve, like, under armor shirt going well, no, on. Like, like, they're not even armored gloves, though. They're just big. Oh, yeah, they got yeah. these gaps in between them. So they're just, Same they, with his boots. <laughs> they look like the, 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 the Undertaker gloves from the first run. Yeah. And like these, these city like folded over boots that everyone had back then. Yes. The pir- pirate boots. <laughs> yeah. Like pirate yeah. Boots. It's just like, it looks so silly. What do you think of the um new, what did you think? What do you think? And do those, are those both opinions the same? Hmm. What you thought when you first saw the new Captain Marvel outfit versus what you think now? And, uh, and and how do you think it looks in the film? Okay. Um I still love the the flight suit. Like it it uh we were discussing off cast, like it, it it gets a little odd in the details sometimes because the suit looks like it's just like sort of a kind of tight onesie because it's it's drawn without much separation. Yeah. But I just think that's a thing that happens in comics. Yeah. It's easy it's just easier to do. Yeah, it's uh, it's like saying that like the the Flash's suit is drawn like it's the tightest um, one piece suit, but he still possible. has a belt. But when you see Flash take the mask off, they draw it with separation from the neckline. Yeah, like a hoodie, like it has, like right, a, like a yeah. So like, it's not the super tight suit, but we draw it that way. Yeah, because to draw the detail of separation and texture would take hours. The same way they show him that that, that is the TV version of that is when they cut when he takes off his <laughs> yes. takes off his thing because it it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense in the in the scheme of how things look like when they're worn. Exactly. Um, she looks um, comfortable in it. He does. <laughs> you know. Um, which is why I understood why in the Flash it was just like a jacket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the movie one looks great. Uh, it was a bit more spectacular than I expected it to be, but I was almost kind of happy about that. Spectacular in what, like, um, the detail, the level of detail and stuff like that? You um, a little bit. And then okay. once once they added the color to that outfit, I was just like, Jesus Christ, that pops out at you. How do you feel about the idea that this is... I think I think with, this, with the movie, um, something interesting is there because this is the standard Kree armor. Yes. Just colored differently. Essentially, yes. Um, how do you feel about that? I liked it because it it, it, it grounds that there. Um, it, it means I'm sorry. It means it has a place in history. Like you it know, has a like, purpose. The right. design has a purpose. Okay. You know, it, it wasn't just her going. And I think it'd be cute if <laughs> you put some stuff. I just here. want these lines ahead to lead to a diamond type thing. It's just right, right. Cool. right. No, uh, that suit has a purpose, and it it has a uh, a connection to who she is. Yes. Which was like um. Noble warrior hero, yeah. um, you know, I, a soldier. I, I do like that they moved to that sort of you know multi sided star because yeah. initially Captain Marvel's Captain Marvel Marvel's logo was just like a planet, like a circle with the ring around the planet. Was it? Yeah, it was garbage. It was just like oh yes, yes. Thought... I I remember seeing that in like the name titles. Yeah, it was like this is what we think of an alien. He would just put his planet on yeah. his chest, and that that just be what it is. Not not no alien alien glyph 
or no. symbol, just a, a picture of where they're from. But now it is the Hala Star. Can you imagine coming now as a superhero and just having the outline of New York on your chest? <laughs> you should know what this is. Um, <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. I am the New Yorican. Do you think? <laughs> do you think it's up there with Cap and, and, and Iron Man? Like, I'm pretty sure when they did this, they were trying to get her in leagues of, of some of the most iconic. Um, I I'd say so, but like, up there. um, which. Are we talking about the movie versions? Yeah. Because um, I think the movie version is going to inform everyone moving forward. Comics has informed everyone. Yes. She has had an increased importance in comics, but I do think that um, movies will be the one to usher in. If, she, if her movie makes a million dollars, we will get ten more Captain Marvel number ones. <laughs> you know, we will. Uh, happening. We will. Um, or billion dollars, a million dollars. What am I talking yes. About? Uh, and the Young Wall character will somehow come back. Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. Jude Law, the same way where it's just like, oh, Black Panther made a million dollars? Let's make a Maybe Killmonger, Killmonger book. Maybe isn't dead. <laughs> how, about, how, about Marvel, how about we Marvel what if that? Huh? How about we give him the same exact hairstyle in the top? Uh, synergy, baby. That's that movie <laughs> synergy. Um, I think, it'll, I think it might get up there. Like, I, it, 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 It's hard to say because I have a an affinity for the suit already. So I, I'm just going and just like, oh, it looks great. Yeah. Yes, this is everything I wanted. They, it, it is going to, you know, impart on a brand new generation of, you know, female moviegoers, female comic book readers, mm-hmm. young girls who've never known who this character is. So I'm also very curious as to how they feel. Like, do when they see a Wonder Woman and when they see a Captain Marvel, do they see a difference in toughness? Do they see a difference in independence or autonomy? Do they see a difference in, um, you know, does the garb dictate a certain level of professionalism versus warrior, well, yes. you know, uh, uh, warrior ethos? I think I think sometimes as adults, especially the ones who grew up with it, mm-hmm. we forget that this is largely a child dominated industry. Yeah. To a degree. Like, a lot of this is meant to impress upon children yes. who are obviously much more easily entertained and, 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 and much more into, like, holy crap, this character can fly and it yeah. shoots beams and it's so cool. Um, yeah, I, I would say the serious nature of comics has come as a part of fans becoming writers. Yes. And so it was important to them as a kid, so they're going to make it more important as they write it for the new generation of children. I I think the problem becomes when you beca- when you get older and you start writing comics for adults because you got into comics for adults. Yes, 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 yes. Which is just like like no, it it needs to be it needs to be really smart and super political, and it's just like we could do a little bit of that, but like come on, guys, yeah, we, still need, we still need the pew pew and the and the yeah, stuff. Exactly. Please, please. I remember reading, like I said, some of that those um. Those pages with too many word bubbles in those Black Panther books of like, there's a lot being said here, and there's a lot of there's a lot of Black Panther. Like Black Panther is an adult centric book because three quarters of it is political injury. Yeah, and then there's a fight. Yeah, <laughs> maybe somewhere, somewhere down the line, and usually that it's a political fight. Yeah, they're fighting for either political power or it's a refugee yeah. or some kind of stuff. Like Every that. once in a while, I was like, oh, Ulysses Claw is here to mess my crap up. Yeah, <laughs> let's Just, punch his face. Okay, it. back to. Trying to deal with being a king. Yeah, back to the United Nations. Right. Um, and there's some books that, that, that just are better for that. Captain America, yeah, yeah it's, it's, a social, for that. Yeah. it's a sociopolitical character. You kind of have to, or else it's just Cap doing missions for S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, that's another thing. It's very important <laughs> for each of these characters to find their own lane. 
Yes. Sometimes their own genre, but definitely their Absolutely. own lane, their their own um their own territory to manage. And Carol, for a very long time, just shared her domain with everybody. It was yeah. basically New York, you know, and that's what it was. I think that this this rebrand and then the um volume that we were talking about, the um higher, further, faster, more, is a conscious effort to put her in space. Yes. And that is that is a wrinkle to that character that changes to me, changes that character fundamentally mm-hmm. from there going forward. It also speaks to what's going on with the end of the first book, or rather with the first book we discussed in Pursuit of Flight, yeah. where she is looking for a challenge and all of her earthly challenges are now mundane. Yeah. So go out into the cosmos and find what's yeah, keep, out there. Keep stretching that line. Um, which is always usually stronger than what's on Earth because if it's not, it's why are we writing about it? Would you? <laughs> would you believe... That when this happened, longtime fans were angry over the costume change and the positive adjustment to Carol's uh, recently quite bleak outlook. Um, yes, I would, because <laughs> people are terrible, and there are still humans who hate the fact that Mary Jane Watson is no longer just the hot chick that Spider-Man wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it. it's just funny, because, like, there are still grown it men still who are upset that the Wonder Woman actress does not have large breasts. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> it still happens. Um, turns out that uh, people were upset that the feminist character was assigned <sighs> to a feminist writer. Um, but my girl Kelly Sue DeConnick promoted the entire book out of pocket and lobbied for for like this new Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. and fans started calling themselves the Carol Corp. Yep. And uh, they legit people latched onto it, regardless of whether what the outcry was from a, from a minority group, and that usually happens every single time, right? Every single time, people were warming up to this. New Anything character. other than white males, it, it's 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 a trap. What's really cool is if you, if you read that first issue of In Pursuit of Flight, in the letters column, there's fan art of people drawing Carol in the new outfit. Mm-hmm. So I mean, somebody was digging it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and at, and at the time, like it, it's selling really well, to the point where it's like, when you consider what is allegedly or seemingly the uh, a a small ba- fan base when it comes to females and comic books, it yeah. can't sell that well if it's just women. Yeah, it's absolutely on madness. some scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, this isn't nearly as hated as you guys think. <laughs> exactly. Um, we we're gonna talk often about say do. Sue DeConnick because people say that like of all the creators who've written for Captain Marvel she's the one who actively try to put a little bit of herself in it try to give her agency try to um, you know get past the stigma of the alcoholism the rape the rogue mm-hmm. stuff you know being attached to Captain um, to being attached to Marvel and stuff and uh, the reboot in general you know it marked a major change in her career but supposedly the criticism of her feminism uh, sent her to go create Bitch Planet. So, <laughs> so uh, I have not read Bitch Planet, but I've heard of it. And I was just like, I can't help but not want to, I can't help but want to read a book named Bitch Planet. I was yeah, just like, right, where right. is this going? I must know. No, definitely. Um, wow, though. 2012. That's not long ago. No, we not. We, always, we often think that we, we're, we're more sensible and more um, civilized now. But you look back and we, we haven't really gone too far. Um, 
people still have problems with strong women in 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 media. Yes, but I don't think that's gonna stop anybody from doing anything. No, you know, and I but I actually I actually hope that we get more, and you know, I really hope that this film ends up being as good as it it can be. And with when you just hear Kelly talk about the character, you can feel the reference. Yes, and that's something that you don't see often now because characters get hot potatoed. Yes, you know, it's like ah, you hold on to him for a little bit. Um, there, there's. Uh, that makes me sad in the sense that, like, I, when I was trying to get into the comic book uh, industry, in the, well, that sounds much different. When yeah, I was right? trying to get into reading comic books, and you you look for a thing where it's like, so what's a run that's yes. really good? And yep. people will tell you, like, okay, read Daredevil by Brian Michael Bendis, and there's, mm-hmm. like, a good lot of them. You know what I mean? Because he he was the guy on that book for so long. Yeah, or Chris Claremont's X Men. Like, Chris Claremont's X Men. I just finished all like twenty something volumes of Bendis on Ultimate <laughs> Spider Man. Yeah, man, that was a good run though. It was great. It is it is so rare to get that for some people. Not so much for me, but some people it's like Scott Snyder on Batman. It is so rare now that you get one guy with one particular vision. Mm-hmm. With this character for a long time, and and that's um, quality control as well. Yes, the longer that they're on it, the more they make sh- they make sure that everything that they do stands th- true to the motivations right. from the beginning. Me and you, when I came, when I just got here, we're talking about um, Detective Comics and the James Tinian run, mm-hmm. and how at the end of that Tinian, at the end of the Tinian run on Jason on Detective Comics, it's like the entire Bat family has been seemingly decimated. Yeah, and we're all moving on from here. Like and and setting up the potent this uh essential not essential um eventual Batman and the Outsiders book right the next detective comic book that comes out with James Robinson Batwoman's still on the team uh, I just yeah <laughs> after we've already excommunicated her and Cassandra Kane literally ripped the bat off of her chest yeah and and then in her own like in her own. Through her own volition, she was like, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to go do my own thing. Like, you know what? Fine. I won't be part of your bad family. Me and my dad will go do our other thing over here. Yeah, no. James Robinson gets on the book. Batwoman's still on the team. Back to status quo. But yeah, what you're saying holds true because giving her to a creator that really cared about her and wanted to see her improve after years of being, like, squandered and underutilized and shelved and put in these weird relationships and stuff like that, it really takes a creator really wanting to make positive change to a character to to do it. I mean, we, you we talk about all, constantly how important Frank Miller's take on Batman was and how that changes everything. You know, yeah. Uh, whether it's bad, whether for bad or for good, it did definitively move that character's goalpost. And um, Kelly did that for this. And so when asked about like changing the status quo for Carol, she makes a point to say that she's not a mess. She's not a train wreck. She's an amazing person, an overachiever who was her own woman, accomplished and remarkable before she ever had powers. And now, even more so. I'm interested in the fact that she makes mistakes, that she's quick-tempered and a bit of a control freak. I like those things about her. So I guess I'm not entirely sure how to answer uh, the question. I mean, if you read her wiki page and try to extract her character from her biography, she comes across as a walking red flag. Mm -hmm. Like a woman in a constant state of identity crisis. And it's true. Who literally fights some versions of herself over and over and doesn't know who she is. But the magic of Carol is that when you read her, that's not who she is. That's not the woman I'm writing. The woman I'm writing is a long way from perfect, but she knows herself. 
she transcends her history. Mm-hmm. And that that's cool. They don't tie her. I don't feel tied to like you. Basically, the only thing you need to know is that she has powers. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need to know about her relationship with Marvel for the most part. Um, and, and that and that's more the reason why I think you don't need it in the movie. Okay, we can just write this character who's just like she's a strong-willed military woman who had goals and and had a whole new world thrust upon her, and she decided to take that on. Yeah, you know? L- literally because. Um, we uh, we wanted to focus on not that volume of uh, Pursuit of Flight, but the volume in 2014, the first volume of Captain Marvel, Higher, Further, Faster, More, uh, written by Sadie Dudekonik with art by David Lopez. And um, and it was great. Yeah, he was. And that what you what you speak of, um, you know, comes to fruition. And I. I wondered if this was done on purpose. In that, hmm. in the first issue with Sally Sue DeConnick, uh taking on this character, she is having a heart-to-heart with Cap. Right? About the moniker. Ah, uh, yes, yes, and all yes. And that kind of stuff. In, in Pursuit of Flight, yes. And then in Higher, Further, Faster, More, she has this kind of talk with Tony. You know? Like, it, is it her rubbing shoulders with, like, these big-name Avengers? Is this to add legitimacy to her as a character? I mean, it, it does make me kind of question like oh i guess the, she really is down if if people are down to you know right i mean she she's always kind of um rubs shoulders with giants in her own way yeah so like the beauty is is that it's not forced she's always had relationships with these people yeah but now we get the sort of kind uh, of admiration i guess then right it's not it's not just somebody who comes to your birthday party that you, know, <laughs> that you know because they're on your friends list on Facebook. Right. This is someone that you're like, just friends from work. Yeah, this is becomes like a, Carol, you should do this. Or Carol, we want this for you. Yes. Which I think. Especially the, from, from Steve Rogers, who's just like, I believe this is the best thing for you. Yeah. And then later on, you get, you know, Tony Stark gives her a, a job opportunity. Yes. He, um, speaking of relationships, how do you feel about Carol Danvers and your man, Rhodey? Rhodey Rhodes. <laughs> Um, I feel like DC would have called the character Rhodey Rhodes. <laughs> I, I totally believe it. I totally believe it. Um, although it, it makes me think of the old um, uh, Ozzy Osbourne guitarist Randy Rhodes, so it's kind of weird. And then you have um, Robert Robertson, I think, is the character in, in Spider-Man. Yes, yes. Robbie, Robbie Rob- Robertson. Robbie yes. Robertson. It, it helps Stanley remember. Yeah, golly. It Rob- helps him remember names if you just did the alliteration. Yeah, that's terrible. Um... Yeah, but how do you think about Rhodey and, and, and I Danvers? thought that was interesting. Um and I it, it it kind of made sense in the sense that like they have shared life experience. Okay. Because they're both military. Ah, yes, this is true. Um And also a competitive nature because of it. Like yes. the whole like being a best pilot. Well stuff. see see that's that's also the funny thing in the sense that like they're both pilots, they're both military, and they're also both legacy characters in their own right. Yeah. So they both have it they both share this um this place in the world where they are seen as sort of under this other bigger thing. And and a, and a need to be their own person. Yes. I need to uh, craft their own identity. Although they are legacy characters, they have to be taken seriously as individuals who have their own autonomy and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And you can even see here and there, like they're, they're taking on a, a threat in this first issue, but it's literally just, it's a spaceship or whatever. Like it's not the biggest it's not the. It's not Galactus. It's not you no. know like they're they're the roaming cops of New York <laughs> while the Avengers are taking care of the real stuff. Right. And um, it isn't until 
um, Tony has a conversation. He shows up in, um, because Miss Danvers is choosing to live in the Statue of Liberty. How, what do you think about that? Do you think they, they carry that over? That's an odd choice. Part? I feel like the I feel like security would have something to say about that. I agree. I feel like it's a little on the nose, but I mean, like. Uh, but also, I, I, I immediately thought of um, Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be in there when that happens. I'm, put, no, I'm, just, I'm just pretty sure that, like, if there's a soundtrack in the Statue of Liberty, that song is in it. Definitely. <laughs> I, um. I, yeah, I think it's a little bit on the nose, but as far as headquarters are concerned, it's kind of cool, like, living in the Statue of Liberty and stuff. She doesn't stay there long um, because she ends up having a visitor. She ends up being visited by our man, Tony Stark, yes. who is like, hey, um, and I, I actually really love these series of, of, of panels because he's trying to have a conversation about uh, with her um, because they have found an alien. Mm-hmm. An alien has crash landed and they're trying to figure out what they want to do with it. But I I crack up because as they are doing this, um, Carol says like, "Do you mind if we multitask?" <laughs> and he's like, uh, "Oh yeah." So they're legit having this serious conversation about what to do with an alien refugee while stopping minor crimes. Just, <laughs> Just taking down muggers, going around stopping minor crimes, and still having Me a and conversation. Hulk been running around. Fighting muggers, beating up thugs. <laughs> I love that promo because Hulk looks like I don't know what this man's <laughs> talking about. No, he weren't. Yeah, I don't know. I just met this guy in the car five minutes ago. I don't know what, what he's talking about. Um, yeah, they stop a bunch of muggers and stuff like that, and um, he eventually says like the planet that she was on got destroyed by the builders, um, and so a lot of those people are now on a refugee planet, but that planet is poisoned. Right, it has poison air in it. So we got to figure out what we're going to do with all this. But ultimately, I'm approaching you because this is such a big issue. And it would probably be easier if we had an Avenger in space handling all that kind of stuff. Yeah. An Avenger's presence in space. And she's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that kind of makes sense. And he's like, and I'm, um, she's like, you should probably be a, a pilot. And he's like, yep, yeah. I'm thinking of the best pilot I know. And he's looking right in her eyes. He's like, like, so the choice is obvious, right? Yeah. And then he's like, yep. Uh, tell Rhodey, ask him if he's interested. It's like, what? <laughs> Uh, she like yeah screams at him. Uh, she's pissed. But um, ultimately she seems to be that seems to be the only thing she's thinking about that idea that that job opportunity, mm-hmm. the ability to go for higher, further, faster, more. And um, you know we see her, her relationship with um an, an elderly woman named Tracy who um ends up playing a bigger part later on in the book. Yes. But ultimately, I think this issue comes down to this conversation that's had between. Um, Rhodey and Carol, where they are trying to figure out who they want to be, trying to figure out, you know, like he's flirting with her and she's all like, I don't know, maybe we're not where we're supposed to be, where we should be. Maybe it's you, it's me doing all that kind of stuff there. And then she just literally says, I want to go to space. <laughs> and he goes, for how long? And she goes, I don't know, maybe a year. And she goes, this is what you want? And he, and she, he, he goes, you're sure? And she goes, yes. And he goes, then you got to go. You got to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be many things for you, Carol Danvers. I'm never going to be the one that holds you down, which I think is a very cool, mature line to have in a comic book and also plays back into the whole higher, further, faster, more. She's getting ready to, to release her jets. And so you got to get rid of all the cargo that's holding her down. Yes. And if this relationship represents that. Was that was quite the then... heavy analogy, but I will go with it. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Literally. Um, and it. She explains that just that emptiness of space, that void, 
just there's so many unanswered questions and so many risks, so many adventures there to have that as as a young girl, she should just sit and look up and just wonder about what goes on there, and then she'll actively be able to to take that all on. Mm -hmm. So, um. What do you think about that whole idea of having an Avengers presence in space? I mean, we have the Guardians of the Galaxy. And yes. she bumps into them into the ne- in the next issue. But the issue. Guardians of the Galaxy is basically just a... F- like, on paper, the Guardians of the Galaxy are a freelance group of thugs just running oh, around yeah. Yeah, the space true. who are ready to take a job if they need it. Yeah, that they're, they're Guardians in name. Like, yes. That's their branding, but they're not really, like, the high hierarchy of space justice. No. They're yeah. barely space justice at all. <laughs> Space Justice. That sounds like a like Netflix show. Right. Space Justice. Um, the next issue opens up with her getting her own ship. She calls it Harrison. You think any reason for that? Um, I couldn't think of one. I think Harrison Ford? But that wouldn't be... You just call it Han, right? Or Solo? Right. Or something like that? <laughs> um, and... I would I would have had... A, I would have thought it was funny if they just called the ship the Warbird. I yeah, was like, they... See, they're probably... That's kind of heavy, but sure. That actually would have worked. But um, she decides that, you know what, I'm going to take uh, Iron Man out on his offer. I'm going to transport this uh, young alien girl that we seemingly found on Earth to her uh, planet. When she goes to go do that, she's stopped by a guy representing the group called, and man, I'm going to butcher this, the Hafenzai? Uh, I think it's Hafenzai. Hafenzai? Yes. That's how I always read it, the Hafenzai. Okay. So the Hafenzai... Um, apparently are guarding, you know, various levels of space and stuff. And they're working for a secret person that they have not revealed yet. And that person says, because they, they, they were just going to kill Carol straight up. Yep. And they're like, well, we don't want to kill an Avenger because we might get a bunch of crap put on us from for that. Call our boss, ask him if we should kill the Avenger. They call the boss, the boss like, yeah, kill the Avenger. Yep. They go to go try to destroy uh, her, but she is ultimately saved by the Guardians of the Galaxy. Who looks um, nothing like the version you might be familiar with. No, and and you know before she is saved by the Guardians of the Galaxy, she does quite some maneuvering. She's a great pilot. We mm-hmm. see her um, evade, um, uh, you know, the fleet of Hafen's Eye before uh, before her ship is struck, and then, then she probably does. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> she probably does one of the most badass things you can do. She just leaves the ship entirely. Yeah. Badass like, space helmet, just like... She's like, you know what? I'm just going to take care of these guys on my own. Yep. And um, she tries her best, but when she's seemingly overcome, the Guardians of the Galaxy show up, and uh, they're like, yeah, they give a little bit more um, exposition of like, oh, yeah, you know, all the refugees from that planet that the builders exploded are now living on a planet that's uh, poisoned, but they're also trying to move them from that poison planet right. elsewhere. And everyone's having this serious conversation Rocket's like, there's a flurkin on the ship. <laughs> he, <laughs> he seems to believe that, um, oh, we probably should have said that uh, in the first issue, we were introduced to Chewie. Yes. Probably named after Chewbacca. So maybe that Harrison Ford thing, maybe, maybe uh, oh, yeah, a little bit yeah. more, a little bit more, I have a little bit more truth to it than, yeah, that's than, I, fair. than I thought. But uh, Chewie has his name changed to Goose in the movie. So this cat is, is around. Yeah. Um, In this series of books, uh, I will say most adaptations are very faithful to pets. Yeah, why is that? That's the thing you can't cross. Yeah, you keep it a pet. It's like like Supergirl has Streaky. She doesn't show up very much, but it's there. Yeah, I mean, if they gave uh, Carol Danvers randomly a Pomeranian, I don't think it would work. You know, she right? Needs, she needs to get. Um, uh, what's it? Uh, Titans gave us our first. I think it's our first crypto. Yeah, 
I think at first live action crypto. Yeah. Unless they hid one in like Lewis and Clark. Because yeah, right. that would be the place to hide it because I've never it seen it. It would be if you just had a dog running around that show because I don't remember it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but animals, man, talking about animals, Rocket does not like this cat. No. And believes it's a flurkin, which I'm guessing is some sort of alien race of cats. Cat like beings. Cat like aliens. Cat looking like aliens. Um, it's funny because this is a little bit of a tangent as well. Me and uh, my friend Kevin, who's been on the show quite uh, often, used to laugh because we used to say that cats are aliens. Like they, they have to be on their own wavelength because they <laughs> seem to be on their you know, like they seem to get each other and ignore the world in a way that only says that they have bigger things planned. And I assume that they're aliens. So I, but- I always imagine it's like like. From what I've known, if if you're having a terrible day or there's, like, all sorts of chaos happening around you, like, a dog will get in the fight. Yeah. A cat's just like, why'd you get yourself in that position? That's what the cat's going to say. Like, you're dumb. And I hope you're home to feed me when all this is said and done. Because if you won't, I'm just going to scratch up all your stuff. It's like, well, you've thrown up all over the floor. That stinks because I'm down here and I've got to smell that. I hope you have dinner. <laughs> um, the, But, you if know. If cats could talk, they would just judge you. We got to give Carol credit, though, because she doesn't let... Uh, Rocky wants to kill this thing. Yes. And she doesn't let it. She's like, uh, I am not... She, it's a cat. It's not a flurkin. I saw the x-rays. It's not a flurkin. It never laid eggs. It's not a flurkin. Stop asking if it's a flurkin. Stop trying to shoot it. <laughs> it gets to a point where it's it's such a hostile situation that they have to put the cat on the different ship. Because Rocket is just going to try to kill it. I love this panel of the cat just having these emoting eyes as it stares at and Rocket ju- Raccoon. In judgment. Those are judgment eyes. It's like, yeah, I'm her cat. Um, wow. And I like how they use Flurkin sometimes with like my Flurkin cat. Yes. Yeah. Like, um, but in Rocket's haste of trying to shoot this cat, he accidentally shoots the um, sleeping po- uh, pod in which the alien uh, woman was in. And she wakes up. She notices that uh, Star-Lord is the son of the man that is the king of the Galactic Empire? I Jason? believe so, yes. Jason. <laughs> Jason? Yeah. It, it, it's kind of like all the, 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 the Jean-Jeans and all that. It's Jason. Yeah. How can, we, how can we change English names to sound like that? Yeah, so there's no ego in, in, uh, in the comics. Ego is not Peter Quill's father. In no. the comics... Peter Quill's father is basically the galactic emperor. Jason of Spartax. Yes, and he is not the greatest guy. No, no, he is not. He's kind of a big jerk face. And so here in... Who also constantly refers to Earthlings as backwater hits. Oh, my God. And and to be honest, Captain Marvel has had had quite the run-ins with him prior to this this run. Yes. So even though she knows that he's not not the greatest, she's willing to listen to Peter Quill and try to figure out more about these planets and what's going down. Uh, old girl though, that just woke up is trying to, it's going to kill, try to kill Peter Quill because yeah. he's, she's like, well, if I can kill the, the emperor's son, then I will have, you know, I can make a dent. I will have, I can hurt some him. Revenge on my people. But, uh, find out this girl's name, tick. Uh, we calmed the whole situation down cause Gamora was going to cut her throat. <laughs> Gamora, That'll calm any situation down. Gamora was not, was not playing with that. Um, I like this moment here too, because Tick just gets frustrated and escapes and steals Carol Danvers' ship. So now Carol's pissed. Before she was kind of like frustrated, a little ticked, <laughs> she's a little annoyed, she's a little peppered, minorly inconvenienced. You understand what I'm talking about? Like like going to put your key in the hole and you drop your keys. Like ah. now imagine if that key dropped in a grate. 
Now she is pissed. And she she's like, not only did she take my my uh, ship. I love the last line of the book. No one steals my flirking cat. Yeah. Yep, yep. My mother flirking cat. You can't have nobody take the, the, the cat. Uh, so she basically uh, um, does some maneuvering, gets her way back onto her ship. Uh, everything goes well. They go to the planet that uh, they're from. I think it's called Torfa. And uh, on Torfa, uh, she meets the uh, queen or the like empress or some kind of monarch there who basically says, like, we've lived here for um, for years and people are just getting sicker and sick. We don't have the transport to move everybody off planet. No. Um, it's just impossible. There's too many people here. And some people are just resigned to die. They're like, this, this is where this I, how it ends. Yeah, this is how it ends. This is where I lived. This is what it's about. Um, I hope it ends with a Backstreet Boys performance. When the builders, when the builders were destroying the galaxy, the Avengers were very much a part of that. So they see Captain Marvel. Oh, Infinity was a mess. Yeah. So they see Captain Marvel, which as, also had Jason. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's tied into all that. So Captain Marvel is basically a card-carrying member of the Avengers. After the fact, like this is damage control. So they're like, um, "Remember that thing you said you were gonna help us with? No one else came, and now you're here. So I'm guessing you're tech support." And she's like, "Yeah, I'll help. I kind of want to help." And um, it's kind of my responsibility. It it turns out that the 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 planet is poisoned because of space vibranium. Yes. How do you feel about space vibranium? Oh, um, it would make sense because the meteor crashed. I was gonna say, space, right? uh, if it. If it is still like the the I don't I, I've never known what the um the or- comic origin of it was. I thought it was just cool metal that they had in other countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if it was a meteorite like the movie said it was. Yeah, I believe that I believe it's a meteorite because the Great Mound exists in the comic. Yeah, and I assume that that's just the big <laughs> the landing of the meteor. Yeah, yeah, the big uh thing there. So like at, at in that sense, I would imagine like it's almost it's it's kind of like. Anth metal is probably some out Everywhere. there, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I know. There's also like Antarctic vibranium. There's all kinds of weird. Really? Yeah, there's all kinds of weird. I'm not uh, up on my Black Panther levels and stuff like that. But Black uh, Panther's in space now, so yeah. How do you feel about the political, the political uh, direction of this comic? We're seemingly talking about the the downtrodden, the refugees. How sometimes big bureaucracies can just ignore whole cultures when it comes to atrocities put on them and what we're supposed to do. So I liked it on two levels. One, um I liked that even though I admittedly read them in reverse because like I didn't get the connections, I read I'd read Captain Marvel before I'd read Infinity. Okay. But I like the idea that you can have this giant destructive um event like Infinity mm-hmm. and we can go back and like, okay, there was fallout from that it's our responsibility to deal with it. Yeah. Let's go deal with that. Yeah, and Marvel's been having a conscious effort with that as well with these um Alpha and Omega issues. Yes. You know, uh, it wasn't something that they always did. No. But it's the idea that... We like, just destroy things and leave. Yeah, you can't just, you know, uh, dust your hands off and uh, event's over. It's like, well, like, killed the big guy. And now what? Now what's next? Something has to happen like right after this to get us back to normal. There is no just normal after this. Who will build our schools? Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. Believe. Think of the children. And so, um, yeah, C- Captain Marvel is, is dealing with the fallout of this big event yes. in a way that the other Avengers aren't. Like, they are, their hands are washed of it. We the, helped them. Right. <laughs> they're, they're helped. The second thing for me is, 
Um, it sort of reminds me of Star Trek, okay. in the sense that like Star Trek wasn't about essentially like giant space battles. We'd occasionally have those, which were cool. Yeah, you know, occasionally we have to, um, ah, uh, the Starship Enterprise occasionally has to fight the um the Borg or whatever, right? Yeah, but it's also about um helping other cultures who are having some sort of particular problem that can't be helped. In this sense, helping a bunch of refugees on a uh, on a poisoned planet, you know, find find some f- form of how do you say respite. Mm. And yeah, in this sense, that that's what that is. We are attempting to help these people because we're out here in space and we have the power to on some level. Yeah, and uh, what great power, great responsibility, right? Indeed. <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah. Um. I I feel like in the beginning of this, like especially when Carol's trying to do the diplomatic thing and just like ask the villagers about what's going on and 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 like try to gauge what how people feel about all this stuff. Um. She. I feel like that clouded her head or clouds her head in the series. Like the idea like, well, maybe I should ask other people what we should do here. Yeah. Eventually she gets so pissed off that she's like, you know what? I'm going to handle this and I'm going <laughs> to handle this on my own. And that's the clearest I've seen her head and yeah. the clearest I've seen her motivations and stuff. She just basically flies out and she says, there's like a little speech that she gives. And I thought it was like one of the coolest, like, because uh, turns out that Mr. Jason Gives uh, the people three days to to evacuate the planet. Yes, he's secretly hoarding the uh, vibranium. The vibranium there, and he needs them off planet. Not because with no concern for the fact that the that the planet is not meant to house the vibranium and is poisoning everyone on it. And no concern of the fact that there is no way in three days they will accumulate enough ships to get everybody off planet. Right. So, um, figuring out that you know what, screw that. I'm not even gonna wait three days. Jason sends a fleet to just destroy. Uh, Dang, I keep forgetting the name of the planet, but Turok, Turdak, or something like that. <laughs> and um, right when they're about to, you know, resign themselves to death, um, Captain Marvel shows up, explains the whole thing about the vibranium poisoning and how everyone's getting sick, and, um, you know, gets to the bottom of how they've been mining it, probably against their will, mm-hmm. and then a uh, Galactic Federation or Galactic uh, Empire ship shows up. And tries to start arresting people, and Carol is not with it. Even though um, the monarch surrenders, and seemingly Carol is like, "Nah, screw this," um, and she just gets out of her ship and gives the most badass speech I've ever heard, which is, "My name is Captain Marvel. I'm an Earthling and an Avenger, but today I stand as one with the settlers of Torfa, who claim this planet and its resources as they were freely given in the aftermath of the Bohemoth the Bohemoth disaster. They are a peaceful people, but I am a woman of war. <laughs> right. If you move against them, you move against me. I'm willing to die here today. For this cause, I have made my choice. Now make yours. And there's this uh, splash page of her facing down an entire fleet of ships. Mm. Look at that. Look at how beautiful that is. There. <laughs> Look at that. What do you think about that moment? Wow. Way to throw down the gauntlet. You know? Yeah. And um, these heroes will always be defined by their ability to climb uphill. Right. You know, if we don't see them go through strife and choose to face strife head on, we don't see extra layers. We often said, we were saying before, that she is in many ways overpowered. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, um, a normal, you know, street toughs ain't gonna, ain't gonna 
make her feel the risk that she wants to feel. Right. But facing off against an entire intergalactic fleet, that'll think, that that'll be some risk. I think that'll do it, and it definitely <laughs> it definitely puts the the foot down on like, yeah, she's for real. She's the real deal. She's just as brave as any male character you've seen. She's just as vigilant as any male character mm-hmm. you've seen. Uh, and she has to make the tough choices, just like any male character that you see. I feel like we'll get a little bit of that, because there's that, that nice moment in the trailer where she's just flying through the sky and, like, smashing through ships. She is. I, I think that she is about done in that moment. I think that she <laughs> is just... Because I, I believe... Everyone that if, dies! If you don't have the Mar- if you don't have Marvel there, I think that what the issue is going to be is she's going to feel played against by both sides. Yeah. And I think she's going to get to a point where she's like, screw both sides, and she's just going <laughs> to gonna get through everybody. But yeah, she faces off against the fleet, and even though she's able to take on a lot of them, she gets some some help by the inhabitants of the uh, of the planet, and they're able to um, take down some more ships. Uh, let me see here. I'm looking for a particular part. Is it the character Tick? <laughs> no, the one that she's she's like doing this. Late. I like um the music that old girl plays. There's a, a character named Jackie. She's oh uh, yeah, she's got a music. whole playlist. Yeah, she's constantly trying to play music and stuff like that. But yeah, the reinforcements arrived. They help uh, Carol Danvers and the. Um... Also, at the same time, yeah, there there are several of the uh, the refugees on the planet who are staging their own coup, kind of. Right? Like yeah, fight, their own back. revolt on the ground level and to then, buy time for Captain Marvel. And then they've decided that the best way to tackle this situation is to have Captain Marvel fly so fast and so strongly that she destroys. The center of the where the vibranium is. Yes, basically destroying it all and making it all inert. I think she just pushed it deeper into the planet. So it, it would take them years to mine, to mine it. Um, yeah, to mine it further. Yep. And so, um, J- Jason does one of his like villain monologues where he's like, "All of you guys are useless. I hate all of you. I'll kill you all." And then Carol's like, well, we just passed you into every planet, so now everyone knows <laughs> that you don't care about anyone. So have fun dealing with that. But that was also pretty cool. Because a monarch who has been discovered to have been killing children does not stay a monarch for long. Exactly. Which I thought was, was, was some pretty deep uh, stuff there. But um, Carol decides to take off, and, um, you know, she saved the day. She saved the planet, and it may be considered small scale because we don't know these people. Right. But it was smart to give her her own adventure where the stakes were literally on her shoulders. I love the very last panel where she's like, she's listening to a, a playlist given to her by one of the characters. Yeah. And she just has um, a picture of her with all these people she just met. Yeah. Like, um, attached to her ship. And it's just like, that that's a moment Captain Marvel gets to hold on to. The I met these good people and I helped them and everything worked out. And what's awesome is that that's a moment that she wouldn't have had had she not chosen to go to space. Right. Had she not chosen to help out. Had she not chosen to take more risks. Had she not chosen to go out there on her own. And it, it's rewarding. It, it's it's meant to show you the rewards that are taken by unapologetically being yourself and going out and taking the risks that you feel like you are born to, to go out and take. Um, I believe that's the end of the first volume, but we yes. have to talk about the next issue of this comic. <laughs> because in this in the next issue of this comic, uh she returns to she she's she was given a ship by the people of Torfa and she decides that she's gonna go back to go get her cat and go back to the Guardians. Tick is on that ship, even though she thought Tick was still being on Torfa. Yep. But um they end up meeting up with the Guardians and we're back to the flirting talk again. We're back to killing the cat. 
uh, Rocket oh. Rocket has uh, programmed the ship to speak cat because she <laughs> thinks he's trying to get it to translate um, what, what the, the cat's, cat's saying, saying. <laughs> but it's not possible. He's now just speaking cat. <laughs> and they're yelling, they're screaming, they're shooting. It's all this stuff. There's an attack on her ship. No one knows what's going on. Push comes to shove and it's revealed that her cat has laid a bunch of freaking eggs and is a flurkin, <laughs> is an alien. Is, in fact, a flurkin. An alien species. I, I, I say that um, we had to cover that because I do think it's funny. I do think it's one of the things that people know about modern comic, uh, Captain Marvel is that her cat is an alien. Yes. Um. What are they? What's the over under that they do that in the in the? Oh, uh, probably not likely. Not likely. Not 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 the laying a bunch of eggs part. I don't expect okay. that. Who would identify it as a flurkin? Um, Yonrog maybe. I th- I would expect you don't get that until Endgame. That's what I'm saying. I would hold it off until Endgame until yeah. Rocket sees it. Yes. I, I definitely don't think you will get that. She'll have the cat when they show up in Endgame, and it's like, it's a flurkin! Yeah, put that on my wish list up there with Rocket meeting another raccoon. And being <laughs> Finally. Like, and being like, oh, I get it. That's what people keep this talking what, about. Yeah, I kinda, And then just being a jerk like going, I look nothing like that. No, no. <laughs> oh, no the other I need him the other to say, I look nothing like that. You think this thing looks like me? Ain't nothing but me, uh, like me but me. Yeah. Go, um, go sing with Lady Gaga. Yeah, so Kelly definitely had a direction for this character, an agency for this character, and I like this character. Mm-hmm. I have to sadly admit, I have stopped reading Captain Marvel. Have you kept up um, with any of the stuff prior to, uh, post um, Civil War Two, where she has a, a bigger role? Um, I kept up with the Mighty book, the with... Mighty Captain Marvel. Yes, I, I legit heard from Marvel. I think yesterday that there's another. There's a my, Captain Marvel mightier and braver. That's a one shot. Oh, I was about to say, what is going on? <laughs> That's a one shot. You're confusing me. Yeah, I read it. It was all right. It was in and out, but like that's just a one shot book. Um, it's nothing like you have to expect to hear from for very long. Uh-huh. Um, she gets an adventure that's um done by the end of at the end of the book. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I, I tried to keep up with the Mighty Captain Marvel book, and I read a little bit of the life of Captain Marvel, but at that point, I was just like, the movie is so close, and the new line is going to be reflected by that movie, to yeah. a degree, even though technically the new book's already started. So, like, I just thought I'd hold off on that for a bit. Okay. Um, Especially since I have a habit of soundtracking, so once that comes out, I'll keep <laughs> Um, do you want to explain to our fine listeners um, what new twist was added in the Mighty Captain Marvel as as per her origin? Um, that no, that was the life of Captain Marvel. Oh, that was the life of Captain Marvel. Yes, the life of Captain Marvel, in which they they have decided to add the interesting retconny wrinkle that her mother was part Cree and that the Cree DNA was inside her the entire time. Yeah. Which, I mean... Kind of takes a little bit of weight off the entire thing. But if you do that, you definitely eh, you definitively do not need... Marvel. Marvel. Yes. This is also true. And so... And for an entire generation of people that will come into the book, probably without Marvel at all, yeah, you never have to reference back to this character. 
Not completely, anyway. I feel kind of bad for Marvel. <laughs> even though, but even though they just did not that long ago when they put out Generations. Yeah. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. What do you think about this new direction, though? Do you think do you think it's gonna take a foothold? Like, do you think it's gonna? Latch I want on? to believe it does. Um, the new book is written by Kelly Thompson, who I enjoy. Okay. So I, I the art looks good. Yes, the art looks good. I enjoy Kelly Thompson's work. Um, uh, I love Kelly Thompson on the um uh Hawkeye book. Okay. Um not Clint Barton but Bishop. Kate, Kate Bishop, Bishop yeah. yes. Uh another legacy character. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, one they've handled pretty well. I I've heard. Yeah. I've heard. Um I haven't read all her Avengers stuff, but I read some of it. Um I yeah, I love Kelly Thompson's work on um uh uh Kate Bishop Hawkeye. I heard her Jessica Jones stuff was pretty good, but it's like a digital only book that was kind of uh, like, you know, kind of boxes you in. I had some of those like digital only comics, and they're kind of weird the way that they structure the. Oh no, those and... are like the in- the infinite comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, they yeah, yeah. like they are really meant to be like a cinematic right experience right, right. the way it pops onto the book. Yeah, I'll be onto the screen. Sometimes it'll just be the art, and then you hit it again, and then the word bubbles will come up. Yeah. And yeah. the way they want you to read it. It, yeah. it, it's almost like a YouTube experience that you have a control of. Yeah. Like those motion comics on YouTube. Yeah, yes, exactly. It's just that, but like you, it's not a timed experience. Okay. Um, but no, this is just like a digital comic book. Okay. Um, I've heard it's pretty good. I haven't been able to read it, but, uh, I've read, I haven't gotten around to reading it, but I'll make some time for it. I got a lot of stuff on the docket here. Yeah, Push came to shove and they created Civil War 2 and they kind of made her into a heel. They kind of made her into a bad guy. Oh, God, they made her into a. I mean, she ultimately was the same kind of bad guy that Tony Stark was, which is a little bit sympathetic. Like, they were just doing what they thought was right. Like, there was no glowing red eyes for Captain Marvel no, and, like, no, you know, no, mustache no. twirling. And they, they'll never know what I'm getting up to. She <laughs> was, she no, was, that was Cap. <laughs> she, legit, legit at the same time. <laughs> that was, that was uh, steve I can never look at that Steve-o the same way again. Rogers. I can never look at that the same way again, knowing that during that entire very trying time of Civil War II... He's doing. <laughs> he's setting the whole thing he's up. He's doing hydrocap stuff. Yeah. He's setting the whole thing up. He yeah. he is manipulating Ulysses's um they, visions. Don't they lock her out of space or something like that when yes. that happens? They lock her in in like they lock the Earth down. Yes. They 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 are um they are working on a planetary shield idea, and so Steve. Is... <laughs> of course. Of yes. Course. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Yeah, her and like the planetary Stark and stuff, shield. We're coming with a planetary shield, and then they put the planetary shield up so that no one can come back down. Yeah. Uh, then, because yeah, because yeah. because evil Steve had a um Chitari queen egg hidden ah. somewhere on the planet, knowing that the Chitari will come for it yeah. because hive mind. Yep. So once the once the ships showed up, it's like oh, okay, we've got a space problem. There's a whole horde of these ships coming at us, and then then they like, sent everyone to space. Mm-hmm. Then they locked the door. Yep. <laughs> Everyone, go deal with that. They spent all their strongest space cosmic characters out there. Fantastic. Lock it down. Yeah, they locked the door. No one can get back in. Poor Captain Marvel. Um, did you find her her character to be uncharacteristic in Civil War 2? I just found it to be foolish. Like, they, they made her the brutish, um, uh, how do you say, 1% chance Bruce okay. Wayne in BVS yeah. character, where it's just like, the entire thing focuses around the very first tragedy, which is we Brody. got told this thing, huh? Brody? Essentially. Yeah. We got told this thing was happening, right? 
So it's like, we had a vision, Thanos was coming. We went after Thanos before he can get here. Mm-hmm. Rhodey dies in the conflict. So the argument always ends up being, well, if we waited for Thanos to get here, maybe Rhodey's alive and how many other people die? Exactly. What is, the, what is the effects of changing things? That's the one argument nobody can really get around and that Captain Marvel has based her whole stand on. Yeah. But at the same time, the argument that, you know, we should stop these things before they happen based on this one dude's potentially not correct visions. Well, it's the idea that majority of people, when uh, when something humongous happens, whether it's a mass shooting or a hijacking of a plane, oh yeah, uh, people say, why couldn't that have been stopped right. before it happens? But to do and that, thus people become hyper correct. Yeah, yeah. But to do that, you would then have to take cues that you probably wouldn't normally and start making assumptions that you probably wouldn't normally mm-hmm. to ensure that you stop everything before it happens. Right. You have to overcorrect, like you said. You have to overanalyze, over um, and have and just have a general lack of uh care to the normal human person and their ability to redeem or change their right. their mind or any of that kind of stuff. So now, like the moment that there is a vision that. Miles Morales might kill Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> um, Carol is ready to arrest him on the spot. Yes. Yep. And uh, that that puts her in direct um, conflict with Tony Stark and half of the Marvel Universe, basically. Yep. Um, and that paints her in a kind of a weird light. So she's back maybe a little bit in character rehab, you know, where, yes. they're, where they're trying to... Shed the shed the um, foolishness of the of her um, hard headedness. Good old bit. Bendis, and, and get <laughs> and, and get back to uh, the basics. The, last but not, there's two things I want to talk about um, before we wrap this up. One of them is Miss Marvel, yes, Kamala Khan, Kamala Khan, uh, because the there um, once Carol, you know, became Captain Marvel. That Miss Marvel moniker didn't just disappear. No, it was given to a um, young Muslim girl, a young Muslim inhuman. Does, is is it given to her? Or does she? I think she. Well, she gets the inhuman. She she. No. Yes. 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 She, she Terrigen mist stuff. Yes. Happens, and she her powers get uh, activated. I and, assume she took on the name Miss Marvel in a in a moment of hero worship. Yes, yeah, she was a humongous fan of yes. Miss Marvel, and they and she ultimately gets that fanhood redeemed when Carol actually you know sits and talks with her and yeah. is all like you're cool and yeah you can have it and all this other kind yeah. of stuff, Com- but. Completely validates the entire thing. And through Miss Marvel, through Kamala Khan, you're able to get more admiration for Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Carol Danvers. But in the same sense, when Kamala loses respect for her in Civil War II, you also <sighs> then lose respect for Carol because you're like, wow, look how, how far the mighty have fallen. And yeah, it kind of sucks. But um, but by the end of Secret Empire, because Captain Marvel was out there defending the planet against the... <laughs> <laughs> Shatari and comes back in to help fight off the 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 Hydra Empire. Yep, she they 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 come out of they come into the mighty Captain Marvel, making her like Captain Marvel's the most she popular hero everybody. on the planet. She saved everybody, y'all. She's Can literally like in that Norman Osborn position. She's like, we saw Norman shoot the gun. Oh wow, I didn't he's know that. the guy. Oh wow, huh? Well, like yeah, a lot of it. A lot of it feels like they they've they've uh, set the mold and they want her to grow into it. Yes. Um, and I hope she does. I think the character can can, you know, reach great heights. No pun intended. Yes. Um, but I'm also it can be redeemed. Anything can be redeemed. I'm also wondering what's what's the over under on this Kamala Khan and Miss Marvel. Um, what do you mean? Do we see a a, a baby being born? 
at the end of the 90s. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then, well, she'd be what? 20? I don't think they'd let... Anything? I, I don't think they'd let that happen to her. I mean, because we're going to get that film. Oh. That's a demographic oh, that we oh, have yes. to... That we oh, okay. have to... Okay. You know. Oh, you're referring to the movie. Yes. Do, um, do we get I don't, a Kamala I don't know. I, I will be out. spending that movie looking for small brown girls the entire time. Yeah. And uh, I want it. I want it, man. I heard that the book was good. I heard that a lot of people like it and really yeah. gravitate towards that character. Um, I don't... I don't know if you'll... Yeah, you probably... I don't think they'll reference it that much for, like, the 90s. Yeah. Also because, like, the timeline we're in, she'd be an adult, and I'm not sure that's what they're doing. Yeah. Is she still a teenager? Now, now? Yeah. There's that weird Marvel timeline of people... That sliding timeline, at, yeah. People being stuck at something forever. Yeah. Um, She was in with the champion, wasn't she? Yes. And they're all kind of, like, young... Yeah. Girl... Uh, heroes. Yeah, Young Nova, and I'm saying, Miles she, Morales. She's one, but she, I, I think Captain Marvel takes place like in 1995 or something like that. So right. it, it would still be, that would be too many years. It would be 5 plus 19 is 24. It would be 24. Yeah. yeah I don't think we'll do that. I think uh, either Endgame or the sequel, you'll get like some some reference to the fact. Or when she helps defeat Thanos, you'll see a little girl cut out her own domino mask or cut out her own, you know? Cut out her own star thing and be like... Or, or a little I'm cardboard gonna... helmet. There you go. Yeah. No, yeah, and definitely. That, and that would make a lot more sense than in Man of Steel when it's <laughs> small. Small. Clark Kent is walking around with why, a cape. Why are you doing this? Even though he never saw anybody in a cape because Superman is the first man in a cape. Anyway, I just have to get out. No, he's not though. He's one of the first men in the cape. Not, not, not universe. Who was the first man in the cape in that universe? That Batman's he saw. been doing it for twenty years. No, but they're but now when he's that age, they're roughly the same age. So when he's doing that, Ben Affleck is in like a in like a well somewhere because he's always falling down wells. That Bruce Wayne, I guess so. Um, but last but not least, I want to talk about Sally, uh, Sally Kelly Sue DeConnick. Like Batman's in his forties when. Superman's in his 20s. It's, yeah, it's a weird thing. Yeah, if he was doing it for 20 years, Man of Steel makes it seem like he had just started doing it. Let's give it three. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Now, that... Uh, anyway. <laughs> like, Superman's like the last superhero in that movie. No, but it's true. It's, in it's, that timeline. What you're saying is true because uh, Aquaman... Well, Wonder Woman's already happened. At least the idea of Atlantis and all that stuff exists way before Aquaman shows up. Technically, the first superhero is Wonder Woman. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, um... People were wondering whether or not uh, Kelly would have any influence on the film. Mm -hmm. Turns out, on the set of Captain Marvel last May, executive producer Jonathan Schwartz spoke about how the Connick's Carol Danvers influenced the upcoming film, and she was um, she's basically a consultant yeah. on the film. Hey, listen, if you're going to talk to anyone about Captain Marvel... You understand? Don't ask that guy who um, got her all pregnant. No, no, but, <laughs> not at all. I want, I want Kelly right next to him, just like working the script. Uh, there's a run of comics by Kelly Sue DeConnick that really gets to the core of the character in a way that we thought really made us want to translate to the screen, says Schwartz. She really understood Carol and really made her modern and vibrant and cool in a way that she hasn't always uh, been written as. Luckily, DeConnick consulted on the film, even speaking to Larson about the role. And Kelly's actually been working on with us on the movie and has been very helpful and consulted with us and shot a cameo the other day, which hopefully you guys can all pick out. Sadly, I do not know how Sally Sudikonic looks. Uh, look short redhead woman. Redhead? Yes. Ah, I would have took it for blonde. I thought that's why they went all... No. Ah. No. All right, Kelly. Um, when, when, when you look it up on the laptop, she's actually she, she's kind of distinct looking. Okay. So you might you might be able to catch her. Um, 
she kind of had a vision for Carol that leaned into her Air Force roots in a really cool way and leaned into the power of her character and an inspirational nature at the core of Carol that we all thought was super cool. And they, that seems to be also a focus. We see a lot yes. of that Air Force imagery, mm-hmm. a lot of that um, you know military stuff uh, going down. A little bit of Monica Rambeau. With everything there... Everything seems to perf- to be set up for another great blockbuster Marvel movie. Yes. Do you have any fears for this movie that me and you will be reviewing on the very next uh, uh, issue of uh, um, issue I, podcast? I, I have my concerns, but not like a narrative one, but mostly just like, I'm, I'm, I, w- I really want this to work because this is so important to the next, um, I don't want to use the term phase anymore, but the next steps that this... Um, genre takes, mm-hmm. you know, um, we are essentially moving out of a new era. It's like watching, it's like watching your favorite baseball team change. Yeah, and being told this new guy though he's great. Yeah, don't worry, you won't miss any of your old ones because this new guy, right? He's gonna he's gonna knock it out of the park. Right. It's still the Yankees, but it's a new, it's 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 a different Yankee team, and yeah. uh, you know they'll be just as good. You think we're gonna get LeBron Jordan comparisons? <laughs> with this, do you think we're gonna get Marvel um, DC comparisons with Wonder Woman? Um, there's already plenty of those, and that's so stupid. Yeah, there's already. Like, she's a girl, and she's a girl. So it's like, come on, <laughs> we have to pit them against each do other. Do more past that, yeah, yes. definitely. Yes, there's all. <laughs> there's a whole song on on one of the the one of those YouTube shows I watched that has one of my favorite YouTubers, Tamara Chambers. Talking about singing a song about how two women can't be friends, uh, we must pit them against right, each right, other. Right, yes, it's impossible. They can't. They're in the same room. They must hate. They each must other. be friend, at least friend, frenemies. Yes, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. We look like we're getting getting some Monica Rambeau though. That's right, Monica Rambeau, aka Captain Marvel. Also, uh, Captain Marvel yes. adjacent. Captain also, Marvel. There's also another name for an expert. No, no, it's it's that's what an S though. Yes, it's killing me because I actually thought the name was pretty cool. I thought it was. Spectre, Monica Rambeau. No, Spectre, because Spectre is what um uh Lantern turns into, right? No, not Lantern. No, Spectre is Spe- his own... Spectre is a completely different character, actually. Yeah, Spectre. I just typed in the wrong thing. I was supposed to type in Monica Rambeau. <laughs> no, Monica Rambeau, African-American woman, superhero, imbued with the powers of Captain Marvel. She took on the mantle for some time. If you actually read um Secret Wars, she is the Captain Marvel uh at that time. Oh, is she? Yeah. I was I, like, wait, I, 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 there's so little of Secret Wars I remember. Yeah. Did you get that name? Uh, what did you have? I can't remember. Oh yeah, so God, she, she didn't wear the, the whole, she didn't do the whole green and white uh, Cree thing, and she didn't do the blue. No, she did not. And I think she did uh, straight up black and uh, white. And that headband, that iconic headband. Sometimes she'd uh, have a, sorry, sometimes she'd have a, a afro. <laughs> Sometimes he has some dreads. Um, so this is what I got from from Miss Rambo. I got notable aliases: Captain Marvel, Photon, Pulsar, Pulsar and Spectrum. Yeah, Spectre, Spectrum, Spectrum. Yes, yeah, I got Spectre and Spectrum. I got Daystar. <laughs> oh Jesus! Spectre, Lady of the Light, Monica Marvel, Sun Goddess, and Spectrum. Jesus. Okay, that's a lot of. Well, I mean, come on, as confusing as Carol. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Check that out. Captain Mar- she was, she's Captain Marvel in uh, 1982, Photon in 1996, Pulsar in 2005, Spectrum in 2013. 
Holy hell. Okay, yes, I remember her as Spectrum from the um Infinity books and okay. some of, and her palling around with uh Carol. And she's uh they seem to be showing her, or at least maybe on a descendant of hers in the movie? You think that's straight up Monica or is that Mon- is that like Um in the film? Or, I, I there's think, a Rambo in there. I think it's um a mother, yeah. Probably her mom. Yes. Uh Yes, her uh, someone a, a pilot friend of hers is named Maria. Rambo. Yes, and ah, Monica is a child. Ah, oh, that makes sense. See, and they are saying up. Monica's a child, in and the Monica night. has to fight Kamala, and then everything goes no. like Kill Bill Three. Oh all God! Set up. We're all no, good. Yes, Mon- <laughs> Mon- Monica is a child friend. Uh, Monica is a child of Carol's friend Maria Rambo from yeah. the Air Force. Yeah. So we plant the seeds for Monica Rambeau. Uh, but so they are going past the legacy, and that's smart. The character doesn't have a bunch of great history to go on, but the little bit of good history it has might as well use it to its advantage. Absolutely, and 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 Carol even has her own like flight team, which I wonder if that's going to make an appearance. Does she just show up by herself? Oh yeah, yeah, that also makes sense. Uh, Starfleet, um, or Alpha Flight. Oh yeah, Alpha Flight. But there's a, there's a team she's on with the with the Kree Star or something. I want to say Starfleet, but uh, I think the biggest thing, and there's no, there's no way for us to talk about this because there's no information on it yet. The right. biggest thing majority of people will be sitting and watching this movie for is the connection to um, not Endgame. only uh, Endgame but Infinity War. Yes. Why, how do we get to a point where Nick Fury is hitting a, a beeper in a case of emergency to get this overpowered superhero mm-hmm. to come and help? And what makes Nick think that she can help in this instance? What in the film that we're going to watch next week is going to inform us to why Nick would think that she is somebody to call in for this, not the uh, Chitauri invasion, not the Ultron, uh, you know, stuff coming down, not the uh, shield is all Hydra now, none of that stuff, but specifically for this. And I'm interested in seeing what that is. I'm interested in My seeing... guess if they use the power set that she has in the books is that on some ridiculousness, she is able to absorb the energy of the Infinity Shield. Oh my gosh, that's way too much. But I could see them doing that. If something's gonna beat up Thanos, <laughs> what do you? Iron think, Man got like a drop of blood. What do you think is going to be the cause of? And then, oh, this is just crazy speculation. We have absolutely no idea to know any of this stuff. But I think it's fun to do this on these uh, sure on these shows. What do you think is the cause for Nick Fury losing his eye? The cat. The cat. It's a the flurkin. A lot of people pointing at the goose, man. A lot of people it's pointing the at the goose. But I feel like it can't be the it can't be the cat, can it? I feel like they're gonna do a lot. It's got of, three scratches. Is it gonna be a situation like um like with uh Misty Knight in uh in Luke Cage where there's constantly wrong gonna place, be, wrong time. Yeah, there's constantly gonna be like hints to him might be losing an eye or like he's gonna be looking down the barrel of his gun and somebody's gonna be like, hey man, that's how you lose an eye. Have you ever watched Harvey Birdman Attorney at Law? Yes. Have you seen the constant references to when, like, this is how he lost his eye? No, oh, it yeah, 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 Like, yeah. the one thing with the with the paperclip flying toward his the, eye. That's his boss. And it hits his, yeah. yeah, and it hits his mouth. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a bunch of, like, he's going to trip and, like, get, get, like, a foot away from a knife and be like, whoo, I almost lost my eye there. <laughs> crazy that ever happened. It's the cat. Oh, God. Uh, it's the cat. You're saying it's the cat. It's the flurkin. My last uh, crazy... Um, theory i always feel like we got to do a crazy one on here <laughs> so if it's wrong we deny it outright and if it's right we champion it to the day we die and it's that 
Jesus scroll, y'all. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to hold on to it. But I'm going to delete all this footage. If she turns out. I'm making it. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm legit working on it. It literally just says she's a scroll, y'all, right now on it. But I'm thinking of getting On the back of the shirt, you have to put the date of the podcast when you said you know what it. <laughs> I'm thinking about putting one of those scroll faces on it, but I'm 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 work I'm working on it. I'm working on it. And the odds are there will be a female scroll, so the shirt will work anyway yes. eventually. Um so uh yeah, I'm digging that. I'm digging that. I would like to see them work in um uh what's her face? Spider Woman. My biggest my biggest actual theory that I want I want to happen is I want when Carol shows up to Carol to show up with as many cosmic characters as they can possibly fit. I think in the in between nineteen ninety uh, and two thousand nineteen, some of that blue Marvel, some of that Goliath, yeah, some of that um uh Nova, some like what's your name? What's it's your been, name? It's Quasar. been it's Quasar. Yeah, Quasar. It's been fifteen twenty years now. She should have met a bunch of people. Yeah, and it would be cool. Like, and then you could do it whole cloth again because now you got to reintroduce all these people. You don't have to reintroduce them in Endgame. It yes. could just be her crew. But then you spin everybody out, and everybody I lived blue. in a dream world where they'd cast like Denzel as Blue Marvel because Blue—he's kind of old anyway. I like that. I like that. But Denzel would probably never lower himself <laughs> to such things as superhero. Nah, movies. man. Denzel got to break that superhero thing. Uh, Leo got to Leo DiCaprio got to break that superhero thing. There's, there's still a class of actor holding uh, out. A bit of a classism. Yeah, there's still there's still a, a class of actor holding out. On the, the fact that they thing. got Robert Redford, Redford was—I mean, it's getting crazy. They got Halle Berry, man. Twice, <laughs> they got it twice. It happens. Yeah, Gary Oldman. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, got, they got some people. They got some. But people. Gary Oldman's like not making a superhero movie. Like, like Batman. Every day on set, he will say, "This is not a superhero movie, right?" And they're like, "No, don't worry about it." <laughs> Why is that man in a mask? <laughs> you don't watch Zorro. <laughs> Come on. But then again, Classics. like, like, does Gary get to talk about that with the roles Gary's taking? Oh, uh, no, no, no. Gary, I mean, with stuff like Fifth Element and all that kind of and right. va- And playing vampires, I'm pretty sure that he's... And right. every accent known to man. I'm pretty sure that he's he's down for all that. Uh, yeah. Same reason you're pretty sure, like, like oh. Ben Kingsley's going to take it. Why not? Oh, he's going to dress up as whatever you ask him to. Yeah, that man had too much fun on that, on that thing there. Bring but, back Terrence Stamp. Is Terrence Stamp still alive? No. <laughs> the way you said that, it was like, like, you should obviously know that Terrence Stamp is dead. <laughs> he was in a lecture, bro. I had to cover that last week. It was terrible. He was in it. I don't think he. I don't think he is. You're gonna be so upset when you find out. I'm gonna write a letter to Terrence Stamp and say, <laughs> <laughs> "A friend of mine thought you were dead. I think you should you should call him and let him know that you are fully alive." <laughs> Uh, I, I, will, I will kneel before Zod. And if you guys are alive next week, join us again for the Captain Marvel review. We'll be hearing, we'll be seeing here, reviewing it all. Super spoiler filled. I hope I'm in a good mood next week. I hope we're here. <laughs> I hope we're here. Just like cannot wait to gush about this film because if not, I don't know what it says, man. This is the movie right before probably the biggest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. In my fandom, it's for this not Ant Man and the Wasp where it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> in this particular fandom, and even Aquaman didn't have stakes on the DCEU. No, you know it this was is its own film. This is the next step for that entire pyramid that they're building. This is it, the lead into, um, this is the lead in into the credit stinger that's supposed to go to the big movie. Yes, that happens in. So, in, like these three steps are super connective and incredibly important. Yeah, we're already in March, so. 
next month is ang- what I'm about to have a heart Can attack. Can we not do that? You, I'm oh, about to have, matter of fact, just make sure you're here next week <laughs> as a part of the Major Issues podcast. And if you guys, uh, if you've done listening to this episode or you're wondering how the heck can I just uh, hold on till next week, we have an entire library of episodes covering all kinds of things to do with uh, comic books and the comic book media. And if you want to be able to, to uh, do that, first of all, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. But if you want to listen to some of our back catalog, just search for the Major Issues Podcast wherever podcasts are found. That's uh, Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast uh, app, available on any iDevice. you already pre-installed as a podcast app. Uh, just search Major Issues Podcast. But the actual quickest way to find us is to go straight to Google, Google us, Google us, uh, major issues podcast will be the first ones to pop right up and like i said we are available all over we're available on youtube uh uh i think it's called last fm i'm finding all these other weird tangential sites <laughs> that are putting up our podcast but our numbers are growing our episodes are growing so make sure that you uh join like share and subscribe um and if you can rate us and review us on itunes it's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out uh, what you guys like, what you don't, and where we can go into the future with this. Because I've been to the future. No, I haven't said this in a while. But I've been to the future, and the Major Issues Podcast becomes the latest, greatest thing to talk um, to talk about comics and comic book media. So, I know we get there, but we're going to get there with your guys' help. So, uh, thank you so much for those who have already listened, who have already rated and reviewed. Uh, but for the rest of you guys, go ahead, join in on the fun. And um, if you guys want to reach us directly, matter of fact, if you guys see Captain Marvel... I want to get your opinions read on air. Try to reach out to us at facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the latest, hottest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. And now I'm not going to have to not go on my social media for about a day or two. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, don't forget at Major Issues CBC. I believe you also have a Twitter, sir. I have. It is Rebirth GT, where I talk about occasionally comic books, wrestling. Exactly. No, no, get on that. Get on that. Um, because that is going to be uh, absolutely amazing. I don't think anyone's going to see it too early, but I uh, hopefully after we've seen it, we got a bunch of people in the click to talk to about it. And if not, you're going to get our super spoiler-filled uh, takes next week. So we are back on the road to Endgame officially. Whew, this is going to be a hell of a ride. Uh, my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. My name is Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. And this has become your essential Captain Marvel uh, pre-movie listening uh, experience. You know, experience. Your Captain Marvel 101 course as brought to you by uh, Comic Book Click. So remember, whether or not you have a myriad of terrible ori- origin stories, <laughs> whether you think that it's cool to wear a long sleeve shirt with underwear out there uh, and a domino mask. Don't do the domino mask stuff, people. Whether you've been blasted by the Psyche Magnetron, <laughs> whether someone uh, took all your power to put you in a coma. I'm feeling worse and worse for Carol as I'm saying these things. Yeah, it, it's, it's been bad. Matter of fact, whether you're a badass Air Force captain who's out there breaking <laughs> records, breaking hearts, and breaking... Uh, whole armadas of breaking, ships. Yes, destroying whole armadas of ships. Remember that we are the clique. You're flirking awesome. <laughs> And you, yes, you are worthy. <laughs>